radio check. Next artist is on A rig. Artist is on the way to the stage. Lighting, the artist is requesting we go door. Every great artist, great stage, great sound, and great visuals is a crew of men and women making it happen. Hear their stories. All right, what up, everybody? I'm Rocky. This is Brenda. I'm Alex. And I'm Kirby. And you've tuned in to Satimes. Oh, we got the fucking oh, horn. I knew Ooh. it. I, I thought I'd throw a surprise there for you. Oh, watch yeah. out, watch out. Just we driving are it up. shit now. <laughs> Moving yeah. up in the world. <laughs> you got to add the, the Super Mario, the, the one that goes. Oh, the coin? Yeah. All right, I'll like, put that. Like for some like key points. Huh. And then oh, I like that. When something's funny, you should add the other one where he goes, uh, hot dog or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll just fuck it with you. We'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah, man. All right. So uh We're back from the fucking desert. We're back from uh yes. the EDC madness. Tell us, how was it this year, guys? It actually wasn't that bad. It was dope. Yeah. All DJs. Yeah. No no live acts. Yeah, I had uh I had it easy, really easy. Yeah. You had uh, Jeff assisting yeah. you. Shout outs to Jeff. What up, Jeff? Jeff Bazies. Joined the team. Oh, yeah. he did the mornings. No, there was no mornings. Yeah, there was no mornings. <laughs> no well, he check. did do the sound checks with Rework yeah. on, on Thursday nights. They were there. Yeah, late. they were there overnight. Overnight, yeah. yeah that, that, I mean. That was rough. Yeah, I was like, fuck that. I was getting text messages at what, like three, three in the yeah, morning? Yeah, three in the morning. <laughs> Where do we put this? Yeah, what's like, this? Fuck. But they handled it. They got it. Yeah. They did all the sound checks for everybody and good. Yeah. I got was... a little bit of rain. Oh, oh yeah, right. we did. Yeah, we got rain. I didn't post anything because I didn't want to get in trouble, but. <laughs> what, for rain? No, for filming in the rain. <laughs> oh. Wait, why would you get in trouble? Yeah. Oh, come on, bro. Gear's getting wet. You're not doing anything. Just filming. <laughs> oh, dude, I had my shit covered. We were ready hours no, we before. Didn't, we didn't hours have, before. We didn't have a canopy to the second day. Oh. The canopy we had was all fucking like in pieces. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why we didn't have one. It was oh. in pieces. I saw it in the back all like, look literally like a spider all fucked up. <laughs> I'm pretty like sure it the partied, wind. It partied too much. Than no, I'm before. pretty sure the wind got a hold of that bitch. Oh. All broken down. Yeah. How was the wind? Rocky sent me a video. It was crazy. Oh, man. It was, we almost shut down. We actually yeah. got off stage. Oh, that was Thursday. That was, no, Friday. Uh, I think it was morning or like early. Friday afternoon-ish, I think. Yeah, they brought the PA down though, right? Yeah, they brought the yeah, PA down. Drop, dropped the PA. I don't think on our end it was that crazy because you're on the other end. Yeah, we were getting the... T- when I walked outside because I had to go to my car to get something and it was just... I have like video of it. It looked it's insane. Like a, it's like a- Should have played that track from 9 a.m. Full Sandstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Should have posted it. Yeah, but uh, it was good. Got to see my boy Vince. Oh, yeah. Daddy yeah. B. Oh, but thank you, Vince. He brought me something. Oh, yeah, he brought you a gift. Elephants. Little little elephants. Elephants are good luck. On a horn. That's yeah, right. I need the a ones that are uh, like the rock ones. 
No, it's like on a little horn. It's like a little thing. Oh, nice. Yeah. All the way from India. How'd you get that shit through customs, dog? I know. <laughs> and it was big. I'm like, he put this in a suitcase? Like, yeah. So, yeah. thank you, Vince. He always brings me a gift. I know. For our house. I feel so bad. We need. We always, we for like a whole year, we're like, we need to bring him something. We need to take something. And you guys just, should get him like some of that dope, like urban art you guys have at your path. Like something that, that, oh, that stands out like that. Something LA. Oh, represents right. LA. All right. I think I like that guy, that. we got something. I like that. Like a bomber bear. There you go, bomber bear. Oh, oh, bomber he, he don't make them anymore. No I'll sell mine though. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a while. Anyways. So uh, what else EDC? happened at EDC? Yeah, uh, I was. We should talk about the uh, amazing experience we had at the end at of the end. EDC. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I just want to talk about uh, like. Uh, I fell in love with my job again. Oh, nice. No, nice. I mean, it's not that I fell in love with it, but again, it just, it was exciting to see uh, Chris Lorenzo do a changeover. Oh, yeah. Talk like, about Mr. that. Mr. Lorenzo. It was, it was amazing. Address him like, accordingly, please. The <laughs> Chris <laughs> Lorenzo. Mr. Lorenzo. I'm sure he's not going to hear this, but I mean, it was an amazing, like, switchover. So he, he had started a set. Five minutes into his set, he was like, he was looking at me and he was all like, that the FX button on the 900 mixer wasn't working. So you can hear it coming in and out, in and out, you know? And he's like, so he gave me that face and was, I was like, I talked to Jacob, my stage manager, and he was like, hey, swap it out for uh, Chami, you know, because we had Chami and AC Slater right after. And then I was just like, all right, cool. So I swapped out to the second deck because we had a V10 on it. And once I swapped it out, he was looking at me. Chris Lorenzo was playing without, you know, and he was looking at me and he hands me his thumb drive and he's like, put it in. I was like, what the fuck? Like professional. Yeah. And you know, and then he tells, the Jacob, he tells Jacob like, hey, um, you know, he even showed him on, on a rig. He showed him where the track was at, how to pick what track he wanted. So he wanted him to find that track yeah, to play the, on the on the B rig. So he or loaded a different track that was playing. So it was two different tracks and loaded it on the B deck. And then he told Jacob like to start it just to start it so when he did he did that like he tells me all right roll this shit so we start rolling a to the left and bringing b into the center a is still playing that shit was dope like a's playing and he's like there's like a it's not the build-up but it's a like a fade out and then it comes to a build-up so like he caught it right there and it was totally like he faded into another track like transitioned into a different track with two different setups. That's dope. And so Jacob was a part of that mix. Yeah, Jacob helped <laughs> him out. Like, so he looks at us and he's all like counting us down and he's all like, you know, he waved his hand and then Jacob just like transitioned out and then it was like boom, bro. And it was just so seamlessly, like that he even was like blown and he was like, come on, back to back. <laughs> Oh, and Jacob shit. was like, oh, nah, nah, nah. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, the it. show must go on, but I was sitting there like, what the fuck? I was like, we're not worthy. Mr. Lorenzo, <laughs> you know? that's yeah, why right. I call him and Mr. Yeah, but you know what? Ja Jacob was a part of that. So, yes. like, it yes. was like a, it went back to back. And Shout I, out to Jacob. Bro, I was, oh, back I was to back sitting there for a minute, mind blown, like, what had just happened? It's never happened to me. It Usually it's like, Hey, cut the shit. You know, they cut the track. They get on their mic and they're like, oh, we're going to swap over, you know, yeah. and then takes a minute to start up. No, this guy did it all on the fly. And I was sitting there just like highlight of the fucking weekend. I didn't care who the fuck else played on my stage. 
that was like the fucking highlight. And I was sitting there like, wow, this is great. Like it made me it like, sparked. It sparked yeah, it. it just gave me a spark. And I was like, shit, like, I guess I needed a, a little bit of an excitement, excitement to like yeah. what we do. I mean, we, it's exciting. We see all the artists that we see, you know, we give them fucking, they remember us, everything. But I mean, just for something to go that flawless, I was sitting there like, whoa. And, you, and you've never seen that before. Like never. nobody's go from A, I mean, I'm, I'm A sure rig to B rig. Someone else has seen it, but I've never seen it. Yeah. I was just, then being a part of it, like, what the fuck? I was just like, in my head, I was like, I tested lines. I hope everything's right. I mean, that's all you can do, you yes. know, because you, you're literally testing everything on the fly. And it's like, he kind of just rushed it, like, fuck it, throw it, throw it, you know? I mean. It's a professional. Yeah, he ended up happy, and he was just like, at the end, bro, he was, I mean. He's a super cool guy. Yeah, dude. He really came up nice. to me, bro. He ate some of my churro mix, and he's all chatting it up with me. <laughs> and he's all like, you ever done that? And I said, nah, man. And he's just like, dude, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, he was. It was probably a first for him, too. And he was just loving it, dude. He was fucking hugging me, hugging Jacob. And we're just sitting there like, shit. <laughs> like, this fool's on a good one, you know? He's fucking loving it. But, I mean, it was great. And I'm glad it happened on Sunday because I was just like, I didn't want that shit on Friday. And then. The rest of the weekend, you're like, for what else is going to happen? Yeah. yeah. Start of the That's week. awesome. Weekend. I know. I'm bummed. I'm, there was a lot of good uh, acts going on, and I'm a little bummed I wasn't there. I was trying real hard not to pay attention to anything. Yeah. Pay attention to the feed or anything, because I was definitely having FOMO. I'm pretty sure you would have liked the Neon Garden. They had stacked up lineup. Yeah. Like, they even had the, the Space Night. On Saturday. Yeah, that's right. Bro. Space night? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, Club Space Club from space. Miami. Oh. Huh. Bro, that, they went on past curfew. Well, I don't even <laughs> think it was curfew. It was just. They played 15 minutes over. Yeah, and it was banging, bro. Yeah. Like, straight, They were the only stage going. It was sweet. dope. It's like straight fucking techno where it was like boom, 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 yeah. bro. And it was just like, fuck, shut this shit off already. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home. Yeah, but nah, people were still there fucking balls to the walls. Like, I was like, damn, that was dope. You had a new stage. Oh, oh new yeah, no onion. It? Yeah, no, no onion. onion. Well, it's kind of dude. It looked nah. different. It looked different in the photos. Yeah, it, it yeah. looked like uh, to me. I honestly saw like a Pokemon fucking like logo. <laughs> like, you know, like I it thought looked, it looked really good. Yeah, it looked dope. Yeah. Like on the night when it was lit up and shit, and the way it, it did looked, look good. Yeah, so it looks like a to me. It felt like it looked like a, a stained glass. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. like at a distance, it's a stained glass. You know, the windows. Yeah, and shit. yeah, yeah. But uh. Yeah, dude, I fucking loved. I mean, we loved how much space there was. Yeah. I mean, it, you could fit. Yeah, you had bands. so much room. Yeah. Like, if we were to have bands, oh, it would have been perfect. You know, so much room to move. But yeah, the design was amazing. Yeah, right? whoever designed this year, I think they did a great job. Yeah, and it's a trip because I thought the framework was like, I thought it was aluminum, but it was like steel. Like, that shit was welded, and I was like, fuck, that thing must be heavy. Oh yeah, and it came from Amsterdam. Really? Yeah, I saw the whole the like the the same the setup how to how to build it like in sections, and I was like, shit, this is like real craftsmanship. Nice and out here, nobody could have done it. So and, they had to bring. Yeah, well, they, they've, been, they've been hiring that team. They did those guys were on my stage at uh, God, what was it? Uh, Escape. Yeah, that's what I was told that 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 set that setup they wanted. No one in the United States could do it. They were asking, like, I guess, the design was asking for too much. And in Europe, they were kind of like, well, we Amsterdam was like, 
Yeah, we'll knock it out of the ballpark. Really? Dude, it was We get those guys on the show. I know. I know. Okay, so now I want to know. Okay, it went well. No crazy. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go any further, who was your favorite uh, set? Oh, you have Peso Pluma, no? Or Peso Pluma? Yeah. The Pluma yeah, guy? The Pluma, yeah. The, fucking the, the whole team? <laughs> yeah, that shit was dope. I saw that shit on Dioro's yeah, uh, yeah, Instagram. Dioro, yeah. I was like, damn, that fool had the whole party crack. It did. It did. My favorite what? Favorite set, DJ set from your stage. Um, well, there's two. Okay. okay. So I had I had dubstep and hip hop, you know, everything. And uh, my dub, my favorite set was uh, Sullivan King's dubstep set because he comes out with his guitar. Oh, he's like I a, think I saw a video of that. Yeah, it's more like a heavy metal type of dubstep. And I mean, I, I loved like the metal part of it. Like, it just doesn't. He doesn't just. It's a, I'm not just a DJ. Like I'm a musician type of shit. You know, like he adds to it. So his I set like was that. dope. I mean, you know, and I, I maybe I'm being biased, but because. Every time I see him and Doug, he's like, he comes and hugs me like I'm his teddy bear. Aww. Zaya, it's great to see you. I'm happy to see you. Ask us about my kids. You nice. Know, ask, I asked about his kid and his wife too. His wife showed up and was like, you know, so I was really looking forward to his set. And then the other set was Habstract set. Who? Habstract. Oh, I don't know if I know that. You played like, last year. Yeah, uh, I remember like earlier. Techno. Open. No, not techno. It's like tech house. It's like tech house, part of like, you'll like it. It's like the the Main Street Tech House shit. Okay. I mean, it ain't like deep, deep, like the 2 a.m. shit, but he was dope. Real nice guy. Nice. All right. Good. How about yours, Rocky? I would have to say Afrojack. <laughs> this is gonna... I really like the Afrojack one. It was it was a lot of old stuff, so I think that's why I really liked it. You kind of brought like, back well, some of the memories of being at yeah. EDC and like... Nostalgia. Nostalgia and like... That's probably why he still does it. Yeah. It was a sunrise set, so it was great. And then Cascade was another good one. That sunrise set Cascade did at my stage was good. So you had big acts closing your stage. Yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah. yeah, I don't think because I had, I think the only name I really knew on my stage that closed out was Abstract, and I was like, the other guys I didn't know who they were. Oh. But. I know Rocky after Afrojack set or like the next day or whatever. He's like, oh, I can't believe you didn't like Afrojack set at Ultra. I'm like, I never said that. I said I said I was raging. I just said that it sounded old, and it was a it's it's an old. Yeah, sound. she didn't say she didn't like it. I know. I was she like, said it I sounded was, outdated, and that yeah, it played but one still, song. But when I after he was done, I was like, whoa, that was you know that why was dope. You know why it's probably because you had fucking dubstep all fucking night. No, I didn't have dubstep till Sunday. Okay. It was so a change. I no, they were <laughs> so like yes, <laughs> cleanse my mind. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, but, I, yeah, but you had uh mellow marshmallow and so uh, yeah and the Saturday. sudden death that was oh, i i didn't see it but i fucking everybody man. was raging Bro, i've been on their fucking like live set since like monday tuesday when i got back to work oh really a I, lot I, of people are talking about how bro, good was. i was like dude because they brought a back like they brought back like a lot of old dubstep shit and i mean they they fucking dubbed it but it's like yeah, they changed it and they're like fuck yeah like yeah i didn't know any of it, it i was, mean yeah no it's but, not your genre yeah how about yellow claw Yellow motherfucking no, cool. Yellow motherfucking claw. They were cool. <laughs> yeah, just not my style, you know. It's just I don't know. They got a back-to-back set with Floster Domus at a uh, hard. 
Oh, art's going to be good, too. Yeah, that's why I was sitting there like, what? Back-to-back set with Flossy There's a lot of back-to-backs going on. Yeah. Yeah, they're like trying to get that, like... is Why do you think they're doing that? To get as many DJs on the bill? Yeah, maybe. Cost-efficient. I don't know. More artists to collab. Yeah. You can can cram more artists into it. Yeah, exactly. I I I like it when it's back-to-back. Just because, I mean, you sometimes... You get two different DJs that play two different genres, and then, you know, and right. then you have like the two big fucking hitters of that genre, and it's like back to back. Fuck, there's no letting off the gas. Yeah, uh, that's how I see it. It's like right. if you're gonna bring in a back to back set, there's no letting off the gas. Yeah, it's gonna especially be- if you have like three in a row. It's like that's three fucking hours. Of just craziness. Yeah, your fucking heart rate's past 150, homie. <laughs> you might be having a heart attack. Uh, well, let, right. Let's get into the Sunday morning or Monday, Monday morning. morning. Monday morning was amazing. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking done. Ooh. I was done. My fucking cankles were hurting. Well, let's, were let's, hurting. Tell, let's tell everybody about what happened. You tell them. All right. So it's you know sunday it's monday morning like six in the morning six in the morning we're closing up packing all our stuff putting this shit on the side of the stage yeah getting wrapped up early i hear oh fuck yeah record time we were record timing it dude i think i i think i spent with jeff there it's like 15 minutes yeah top we were boom we were done all my shit was done yeah so here let, let me let me rewind back to what happened so before the show am i mike Right. Yeah, I can hear you. Can hear you. Right. Yeah. So before the show, uh, Rework's buddy was in town, came in for the Sunday show. And he was like, I'll drive you guys to EDC. So, all right, cool. So he drives us and drops us off at the pink lot, which is the staff parking lot staff. right next to my stage. Yeah, yeah, right to the tunnels. Right to the tunnels. And he's like, I'm going to go back to the room, change. Because it's early. Yeah, it's early. We're there like at, I don't know. If- you forgot though. Right to the tunnels, literally 30 feet away from the main street to get the fuck out. Yeah. Oh. That's a good point. Oh. Good point. So he drops us off. He's like, I'm going to go back to the hotel room, get changed, and I'll come back later. So we go in. We work. I don't know. We get there like 2, 30, 2 o'clock, whatever. And the show's going on, and Rework tells me, dude, my boy's driving in. He's fucking in traffic. It takes him four hours. Oh. It's insane. To get <gasps> wow. to EDC. Just it's stuck insane. in trial. He said at one point he was like in a standstill for like an hour. <gasps> Whoa. So he, you know, oh he his God. first time going. He doesn't know where to go, but we showed him where to go. But obviously stuff is crazy. So he gets in. Eventually. Right? Eventually. That's- he comes to our stage. Oh, I think I parked at the right place. I'm not sure where I parked. All right, cool. Whatever. You know, you, you, I thought of that after. The, the way we come in, I think that's the shuttle way, bro. That's why he probably didn't go that way. Maybe. Oh, they did, yeah, they didn't allow him to yeah. go that way. So they, um, that's, yeah. Possible. All right. Yeah. So, uh, end of the show, we are leaving. Kirby beats you to the parking lot. Yeah, you do beat me to the parking lot. I was fucking out. <laughs> Again, this is Monday morning, is, like six, seven in the morning. Yeah. yeah. My calves, if you know me, my calves, my huge fucking calves were fucking burning. <laughs> so, rework on his phone, his, you know, pins his car and it's like in the pink lot. All right, cool. So we walk over there. He parked there. He parked in the pink. We're great. Let's get in there. We're going to be out of here back to the hotel. So we walk to the pink lot and he looks at his phone again and then it changes the pen location and it says he's at the purple lot, which is on the opposite end 
of EDC on the opposite end of the speedway. Which is like, what do you think? Like a mile and a half? No, not that long. No? But it's it's for sure. Yeah, it's sure. about a mile and a half. I don't know a mile and a half. Maybe a mile. mile? Yeah, but that might that's that may be a little stretch. Okay. Yeah, maybe but a it's, mile. But it's far. And this is after a long, but, long day. We're kind of at each I other's would, like... What? I would say a mile and a half just because it's an obstacle course to get through. I guess oh, if you're not, not going... Right, not you're not going straight. It's right. not... You got to go left, right, up, down. There's a lot of things. Yeah. yeah, so you... It, I would say a mile and a half. Okay. Yeah. So we're kind of like, oh, what the fuck are we going to do? And then Rework and his buddy are like, all right, we'll walk back to the car. No, it we, wasn't I, like that. It wasn't like that uh, at all. You, tell, you tell explain. Me, you me. wasn't like tell that me. at all. <laughs> you I explain. Mean, I mean, Homeboy might hear this shit and he might get mad, but it was more like, you know, they were kind of sitting there looking at each other, Rework and his buddy, and it and it it felt like nobody wanted to say, I'm going to go. And I've no re I remember rework was like, I'll, I'll go, I'll walk. No, but it took a minute. It took a <laughs> you, minute. You guys are all exhausted. Yes. I, I totally understand that. And I was sitting and I just said, Rocky, I'm not fucking moving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not fucking then, moving. Let, let's paint the picture here. I have my rolling case. I have my huge backpack. You have, and we have chairs. Yeah, you yeah. have your backpack. You have whatever, all yeah. our stuff. I was like, I'm not fucking moving. Like, <laughs> You know, and and uh, I love rework and everything. And he fucking he took the fucking he took the hit, and he's like, "I'm gonna go," but it came off like, like his buddy was kind of like, "Fuck, I don't want to go," <laughs> you know. And and I mean, I guess he felt bad, and then he ended up joining rework. So they both they walked. Trucked it. They trucked. Yeah, yeah. It was you. You could feel the like. Everybody was kind of like. Tense. At, like I, I'm, I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not fucking. I'm not <laughs> he was volunteering myself He's to like, fucking I'll walk. Neither was I. I wasn't. I <laughs> was, no, Rocky got, had that look like, fuck Kirby. I fucked up. <laughs> no, it wasn't me. No, no. Like you fucked up. Like we didn't bring a car. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Did, I should have drove. We took cars every weekend, and we were like, no, no, it's gonna be fine. Well, I'll carpool. It'll what? be great. Yeah, lesson, lesson learned. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, they start walking. They leave, and it's just me and Kirby standing there. We're like, fuck. What are we gonna oh. do? We're like sitting on our case. I'm sitting on my case, and then this guy. sitting out there like fucking hookers and shit. <laughs> I have a great photo of you guys just burnt. You guys just look toasted because you and and just by a, a chain link fence somewhere. <laughs> it's great. But. The first person that pulled up, the Kirby flags down this lady in a, a suburban. And he's like, "Oh, hey, can you give us a ride?" She's no, like, it didn't even start like that. There was a guy walking around. He's seen us standing, and he's oh, like, "That's right." He's a. Uh, there was some girls walking around. You know, girls walking around half ass naked and shit. It's fucking Monday morning. Yeah. You know, and the guy goes, "You guys need a ride." So I fucking look and I said, "What's up, dog? I need a fucking ride, homie." Like, "What's up?" Oh. <laughs> and he like gave me that look, like, "Oh fuck," you know, like. And me and Rocky are looking at that fool like, well, what's up, dude? You know how much? And that fool's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, he gave us that look. He didn't like, want to give us a ride. It wasn't for us. Oh, that's great. So then this lady rolls up in like a Jeep, like those journey ones. And I, I pull her over and I told her, hey, uh, so how much to give me a ride to the to the nugget? She's like, the both of you? I said, yeah, 250 each. Each? To get to the it nugget. Was each. She said 250 yeah, each. Yeah, 250 each. What? Yeah. He just told me 250. I thought it was 250. Oh, no, no. 250 each. Oh, oh, I was sitting there and I, I told her, for what? The nugget? She's like, yeah, I'll drop you off at the nugget. I said, hell no, nah, straight. That and a blowjob? What are you doing? Wow. I, was, I was sitting there like, this girl is fucking crazy. Oh. And then some like Armenian dude looking like one of those fancy luxury drivers okay. shows up and is like, hey, bud. And I was like, what's up? He's like, you guys need a ride? And I said, yeah. He's like, 
you guys willing to pay like 500 and i was like what <laughs> and me and rocky are sitting there like does it look like we got 500 fucking bucks <laughs> like you know and we're only driving 10 minutes and i mean i get it that it's the last day you got to make your money and and it was just a fucking shit show like trying to ask for a ride that's crazy and it was just funny because the guy came up to us and he's all like, all right, how about 350 and a tip? And I'm sitting there, motherfucker, it's still, still 400. <laughs> You're still high. I yeah. We could get a ride. Like, it's yeah. still the same price, bro. Like, <laughs> so that happens. And then like a bunch of like golf carts roll up and there's this like, hey, that's Bless the that dude's heart. That's Bless the homie, dude. And um, I mean, he's from the hood. He's hood. And I was like, hey, homie, what's up? Give me a ride. I'll give you 40 bucks. Where? And I said, I just need you to get me to the other side of this fucking racetrack. That's it. As close as you can. Yeah, and he's all, they're fucking calling him in the radio like, <laughs> where you at? Where you at? Where you at, dog? And Neville's like, oh, I'm on my way. <laughs> so he tells us, all right, hurry up. Nah. Dude, we load up. Me and Rocky are like fucking bums throwing all kinds of shit in this golf cart. I was like, Rocky, let's split. So the guy's like, where? Dude, that guy didn't know where the fuck he was going. I was like, all right, go this way. Go that way. So he literally took us like around the track. And then he's, they're blowing up his radio, like, and he's all like, fuck, they're going to, you know? Yeah, he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, and he was like, here's the money, dog. He's like, no, 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 don't give it to me yet. Like, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then, so he literally drops us off on the other side. Awesome. And we, we get off and we start walking. And then it's like, well, I paid him. And he's all, thanks, thanks. And me and Rocky are like, oof, fuck yeah. And I told him, so they call, call Rework. Rework and his homie are still in the fucking, in the stadium. Like, <gasps> You guys beat them? Yeah. And we and this was just set up shop. Like, fuck it. We opened their chairs. We literally sat off and just like sat down. And watched people watch. Watch people walk. People fucking run over cops. So we're just chilling there. And then it's like, I call him, call Rework. And he calls Rework. And then Rework's like, oh, we're not even out of the fucking the, the stadium yet. And I'm just sitting there like, fuck, this is a fucking da-da-da moment. And my wife calls me and I was like, dude, this all, all, she's all, dude, you sound like you're fucking hot right now. And I was like, <laughs> we were hot. Like, I, I was like, you don't even understand. I'm fucking like holding my shit. Like, dude, how the fuck did this happen? Like, but it, we got to see a fight between a cop and, and a pedestrian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that shit was funny. Me and Rocky were like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and the cop told me, pull the fuck over. Like. He okay. broke his fucking mirror. Yeah, he, the car, he wasn't listening. He yeah. wasn't listening. Fucking hit his mirror. And the guy's like, I'm going to report you. And I was in there like, bro. He just, had live cops. He just, busted the famous. You yeah. don't know who I am. Yeah. He's like, just I don't, you don't know who I am. And, I've, you know, they were waving their dicks around. And it was just funny. Yeah. But then, and then we sat at the parking lot for like, what, two hours? Yeah. On like mm. one bar of fucking gas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we almost <laughs> ran out of gas. Yeah. But we made it. Yeah, we made it. We made it back to the hotel. But yeah. that shit was insane. Good times. So the key, the key of this, uh, of this story is drive, drive your own shit. Yeah, don't carpool, and it, and then uh, don't rush to fucking get out. <laughs> I wonder good. though if you would have gotten out at, as soon as you guys were done, you wouldn't have sat in so much traffic. No, we would have no, sat on still, the normal. Yeah, it's still a bitch to get out of there. No, but it's it's easier to get out from where we were at yeah. than to get out. With the GA. Because yeah. you got to remember, GA is like, what, 150,000 people? Yeah, but a lot of people are camping, too. True. Those guys probably. But still. But still, more people are leaving on Sunday. Yeah. So. All right. So uh, our guest is here. Finally uh, made it in. Walked That's into cool. the building. Took the Woo-hoo. 24 flights <laughs> up. 
Yeah, 24 <laughs> flights. <laughs> Sorry, no, the elevator's busted. <laughs> so uh, our guest today, uh, I used to DJ with him back in the day. Damn, um, days. Yeah, back, back in the days. Uh, and I didn't realize what your role is in the industry now until I actually started looking you up and hunting you down <laughs> on Instagram. Um, but want to welcome to the show, Carlos. Thank you for having me. AKA Audio Pilot. Oh, my goodness. oh yeah. <laughs> That's right. We got it. We went there. That's right. <laughs> welcome. It was welcome. our first time using those sound effects on so. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> like, oh, we got to try this out. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show, man. We've been trying to get you on for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. I, I you know, I think I talked to Jer about it for a little yeah. bit. I was like, yeah, we got to get you on. And then you hit me up. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. But nice. Finally, we're on yeah. it. Yeah. I know. Oh, so J- JR plugged this in. Well, I, we've talked yeah, before, we've talked. Yeah, but yeah. like JR was like, let's get him on. I was yeah, like, so yeah, JR is going to get credit. Yeah. Yeah, we'll Absolutely. give him credit. Yeah, JR is getting credit. <laughs> yeah, we'll give it to him. J Rock. We love J Rock. Yeah. But uh, so tell us what you do in the industry. What's your um, role? What's. Yeah, I mean, I guess the primary role, I'm the GM and VP of AR at Thrive. That's huge. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I look over all things music there. I also have a team of, I think we're 10 now. Ooh. I mean, we, we've been growing a lot this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I oversee the label. Uh, we have a marketing team. We have an A&R division. And we actually just we just launched our publishing side that I'm very excited about. Nice. Wait, um, so publishing meaning like the tracks that you come in, you're actually going to be... Yeah, well, it's it, it's separate from the label. Like the label's like, you know, the, the releases from the artists and stuff. And okay. the publishing can also be some of the releases from the artist, but it creates a whole different division where it's like, where we have songwriters and producers and sometimes they might go to Thrive, sometimes they might go to oh. somebody we're pitching to. It's a completely other thing. And um, I was already, like our, our A&R approach at Thrive is very, uh, it's very songwriter producer driven where we're involved on the creation of the record. It's not just, hey, we're signing demos, you know, so. I was about to give you mine. <laughs> well we are we are we are doing that too <laughs> but um from the beginning our approach has always been about making records and our approach has always been very publishing like so we just thought man i mean i have so many producers and songwriters that i work with like we should just like sign some of these guys and put some money in their pocket and you know start pitching some of these records um i found myself kind of like plugging some of our own songs that we were holding for somebody else like they'd get signed other places and i'm like well, I mean, that's good for our artist that produced that because that doesn't want it for his own project. But like, oh. like shit, I mean, we should probably like like launch our own thing. <laughs> you well, know? good. Congratulations. Yeah, no. Like all of that is so confusing to me because I'm just a listener. So like mm. to hear, so you have people who actually write the song, but yeah. then they sell it to somebody else and that's where you come in. You're almost like a broker. Yeah. It's kind of like Elton John. Remember yeah. Elton John? Like it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's kind of like that. I mean, we have a, uh, like for example, I mean, um, A-Craze, for example, yeah. he's sitting on so many demos that he's holding on to. And I'm like, bro, we got to finish these songs. And sometimes by the time we're ready to put certain records out, he, he gets sick of other ones. And he's like, I don't want these. So those got to go somewhere, right? And the writers are going to be like, dude, we need to pitch this somewhere. So it's my job and it's also the other a for those writers to pitch it. And sometimes we find a home for it and... Sometimes it gets pitched to a commercial or whatever. Like, it's like whole, a lot of DJs my mind is blown. Too, though, right? Yeah, like, it's a dude, lot of music. 
uh, yeah. guys that create their own shit. For sure, for sure. And it's a whole other side of the business that like people don't really see that side. But it's yeah, like, um, because I, like I would think that if you created something, you would want to put your name on it and you'd want to sure. get it out there. Yeah, for sure. And but I mean, like sometimes I mean, like it's still publishing credit. You still have your producer credit, yes. your writer credit, whatever. Yes. At the end of the day, it's about making great music. It doesn't matter who puts who, it out. Who? Obviously. For me, I'm like, I wish it would come out with him. But like sometimes an artist is just like, I'm not really feeling it for my project. So you got to let him do this. Oh. This isn't me. I'm not feeling it. I, <laughs> exactly. I'm going a different direction. Right, right, right. So creatively, you got to just keep him going. You know, and sometimes you might be sitting on a bunch of tracks. that you are just like, right, we got we to gotta do something with these. <laughs> well, I, I just, so. you just blew my mind. Because I would just think like, if you're creating something, you would want to put your, like, just put it out there. Put it yeah. out there. But I think sometimes the same because I'm like, fuck, dude. Just put it out there. Angers. I'm like, why don't you want it out? But they just, it, it's their art. It's their project. And yeah, of course. It fits anymore. So we got to just kind of ride with it. That's, that's what. That's how SoundCloud was born, right? You create okay. your shit, drop your shit on SoundCloud, and yeah, it's up that night. True. Not no more. Everybody's <laughs> like, nah, I'm going to hold on to this chip yeah. right now. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned A-Craze, and yeah. I want to say congratulations because I you. saw you just got that, what it was like, five million... Yeah, yeah. Well, he's platinum now in the U.S. Um, nice. And that, do it to it was ginormous. <laughs> it's still ginormous. Yeah, that, that was track, wild. Yeah. I think for everybody. Um, it. It. We knew though. We knew before it was going to be a massive record, but like what that did culturally. Insane. I, I don't think we. We you didn't expect. We that. didn't expect that, and even while it was happening, we didn't quite understand what was happening while, while it was happening yeah yeah so we kind of just ran with it we grabbed the bull by the horns Good. And we, you know i mean and also i mean there's been other songs like that right like over the years there's been you know martin garrick's animals there's losing yeah. it, and this was one of those and like we'd been working so hard for years and like to finally have that record i don't think it hit us uh, until it was like oh shit damn this everybody's trying to make this style like you know or trying to remake it yeah, yeah trying to remake yeah. that sound yeah yeah but i mean even for, for me to this day i'm just kind of like whoa yeah, Rocky's coworker <laughs> who doesn't really listen to electronic music. I mentioned it, and he's just like, "What track?" And they looked it up. He's like, "Oh yeah, that was everywhere." And I'm like, "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> Even people who didn't listen, who don't listen to electronic, but yeah, know know that track. For sure. How long did did you guys have that track before it even released? So that that song, like, I heard it. I want to say in like February or March of 2021, and um, Acre sent it to me, and he was just like, "Look, I got I got this record, like." I want to get it out, but like the clearance is just going to be, I don't know how we're going to clear it. And I was just like, well, who, who released the original? And I was looking at the publishers and I was like, all right, we're gonna have to locate one of these guys. Cause I don't know who the hell that guy is. Yeah. Um, and then on the master side, the master was owned by Capitol records who, you know, coincidentally we worked through Capitol music group. That's our, our distributor was, was Caroline at the time. They're now Virgin and, um, they're the distributor for Capitol music group. So in the tower, we had people that knew someone. And oh, so we, they just... Yeah, yeah. So they helped us connect some of the dots with some of the writers. But the master side was owned by UME, who's, you know, they, they if you're going to clear a sample, you got to go through UME. And that ended up being a lot easier than we thought it was going to be. But it was the publishing side that we were like, there's like four or five writers on here. The Cherish Girls were oh. amazing through the whole process. But there was like two guys that were, we couldn't locate them. Um, oh. But yeah, once we did, it was more about like explaining to them what this was because they're like it's a remix and we're like no no it's not <laughs> it's not a remix <laughs> um but then they played ball and everybody was down i mean they, they embraced it and i think as the song kept blowing up we were all like what is happening this is wild that's um, what i'm on my list of questions is like how do you get clearance like it yeah. it can be how 
how much time did it hold up just to get it cleared? It actually didn't take that long. I mean, um, there was a moment where the song originally, um, it was a craze who, you know, obviously you put the record out. He pitched it to one of his buddies to be a collab. Okay. And, um, they had some kind of falling out. I don't know what it was. And a craze said, I'm, this is my record. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do, but like, this is my song. Okay. Um, but when we finally, there was a moment where he took it back and said, we're going to do it with this guy as a collab. Like, sorry, dude. Like, I'm going to do it with them. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> and it was going to come on this other label. And then finally, oh. they had their falling out. And then he said, dude, this was my song. I made the song. He brought it to me. And at that point, I was like, okay, let's go. We're going to clear this thing. We're going to get it out. And that was, I want to say, around like May. Okay. Yeah. And then we started getting ready. Like he was sending it out to a bunch of DJs. Everybody was playing it during the summer festival season. And then we put it out. I think it was August 21st, 2021. Okay, so May to uh, August. Yeah, May to August. But we were setting it up. I mean, we, yeah. we serviced it. We sent it out to like all the DJ pools. I mean, everybody had the Everybody song. was playing it. Yeah, so when it finally came out, it was just this massive wave. Like when it came out, Spotify, like they, they nobody wanted to get behind it because they didn't understand what it was. It actually, I think week one, it wasn't in any of the flagship playlists. Really? It wasn't. I think it was in, in Crate Diggers at the time. It was called the Music Friday Dance Now. Um and we really had to, like, it was like a pushing a truck up a hill. Like we had to really get people to buy in. And then, really? Yeah, oh. nobody understood it. And That's even with, with, radio, with, with, with radio, right? Because it's not your traditional radio record. It's a club record. Yeah. Um, but we had to convince some stations like, yo, like this is, you have to play the song. If you play it, like you're going to get a lot of reactions. And, and we had to convince them to do it. And then when they, when they finally did and gave it the chance, like it, it, it just, of course, yeah, they're like, oh shit, yeah. like we see what it is. But we had to really convince people. Nobody saw it. Like they thought it was just like a remake or yeah. a remix with the same vocal, you know, but it was like one of those songs that's just so infectious that like, absolutely. You know? <laughs> the first time I heard it was on Diplo's Revolution. So satellite. Yeah. 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 So that Diplo's added it first and we were trying to get it on BPM. Uh, which we Not love them. Oh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, we love them. We love them. Um, but the thing with that is that, like, we had to kind of, uh, we had to make an arrangement of the record because already, so the song when he first sent it was a minute and thirty before the drop started because he made it was meant for his DJ set. Oh, okay. It was just you an need intro. A radio edit. Yeah, and when he sent it to me, I'm like, well, we need to make this into a song. Like, this isn't a song right now. It's a fucking DJ tool. Um, but he made a really, really good, like the, the gold in that song is not just the hook. It's the arrangement of the song. Because when, once it's done, you want to hit replay again. And he really, really nailed that. Now, with BPM, we had to go and make an even shorter version of what was already super tight. So we had to take out certain parts of the song and that did it. And that, that, that version actually went to pop radio. Oh. Um, but we like to the like to the. You know, we really, like really went in second. there. Yeah, we like, like, like manufactured it perfectly so that it could fit. Um, but wow. yeah, it was it was, was like a process. A science behind <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah, no, we did, and we were studying other songs too. I mean, we went and studied arrangements from other songs that were in Mint. For example, the big flag, flagship playlist for for Spotify. We looked at every song in the playlist, and we're like, this is why it's working here. And you know, and and he he fucking nailed it. I mean, that's what that's did crazy. it. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, there's the science. You, you don't think I didn't think about that, but yeah, I wonder. Yeah, no, I thought it was like hip hop. Hey, play my shit. Yeah, you know? here's <laughs> my record. Play there's my shit. There's so much more behind it than we yeah. even know. Yeah, like <laughs> even me. I, I mean, just like yeah. I always wondered how like, how difficult it is on these 
um, when they sample old tracks, mm -hmm. how difficult it is to get clearance. I mean, we're doing a lot of that now. I mean, that song like opened up like a whole can of worms. Yeah. Right. You, only, you, you, you only need clearance to sell the track, right? Well, so with the clearance for a song, you need to clear two sides. You have to clear the master side and the publishing side. The master side is often owned by, let's say an artist signs the record to Thrive, Denmark, whoever. They're either licensing it or they own the master recording. So at that point, like they need to get clearance from the master. Okay. So that's to put it on Spotify, whatever. Oh. Publishing is the other side where you have to now clear with all the writers involved in that song. Sometimes if it's a DJ record, it's just them. Cause it's just, and then, yeah, it studies. And then you got to just clear it with them and they keep their publishing. And sometimes they're like, you're not getting shit from my pub. Cause this is my song. Yeah. So with do it to it. Like we had to fight to try to get them some publishing, but they were all like, dude, this is our song. It's our baby. So oh. they did end up, they didn't end up giving them publishing thankfully, but like we, you have to clear both sides. Yeah, you would think there's so many people that you have to get. Yeah, yeah. and like you said, okay, there was uh, obviously the the cherished girls, and then there was like a couple other guys who yeah. helped write it. Uh, you would think though that they would want their song to have like a, another it re resurgence. It well, resurgence yeah. So th song. this song was like it was a gift from the sky for them too, because yeah. this is why publishing is so important for an artist to keep their pub. Because that is your grandkids' money. That is yours. Nobody's touching that. You can do a co-pub deal, and like they're doing, they're you know, a publishing company is getting fifty percent. But at the end of the day, that's yours. You don't have to do anything. You can sign the record somewhere, and they get the master side. But the publishing, but you is your still, baby. yeah. So for Cherish, like this song, I mean, we got like a, a massive Pepsi commercial. That's right. That paid a ton of money. We got a massive Weight Watchers commercial that paid a lot. That's All that money came out of the sky for them because like Charlie made that version, right? Eight Craze. Nothing. And, and they, they, they did because they that created was, that, you know, they, they made that money and it's just like, it just continued. It's a gift that, that keeps on that's giving. That's why I'm saying, like, <laughs> why would they not yeah. say yes? Okay. Yeah. Well, well they did. They did eventually. But I think they just wanted to understand what this was because nobody yeah. knew. Yeah. You know? But when, yeah. The, when they finally got it. Is this right it, for me? Is this going to work for me? Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. And then also this is their art, right? I mean, yeah. they wrote it. So they want to be careful with who they're allowing to kind of like Yeah, you just can't their... put trash on it and then be like, yeah, go ahead. And it right. turns out being But trash. I mean, obviously you sent them the, the song mm -hmm. and they listened to the song and it's great. So yeah. why would you? Yeah, but sometimes to... you listen to the song and be like, I don't know, you know. Yeah. But they were really awesome i think cherish was amazing through the whole process awesome. it was just like kind of locating that that last guy and he, he actually he did come around to it so it was just about getting everybody timing yeah timing. that's awesome it, it nobody's out. gonna leave the room congratulations yeah. <laughs> that's insane <laughs> that's insane huge and i see you know what's crazy is i see you on all my stages <laughs> every show that i work you're always yeah. there and i never really thought about like why? Why? Like, what do you do? Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, he's associated with the the DJ somehow. Yeah, yeah. you know, That's we crazy. we I DJ to no, I not even <laughs> I had no clue. Damn. I yeah. Know. Well, I mean, most of those are our artists. Like, so I sign them. Um, well, like with our artists specifically on Thrive, like we've always been about kind of looking at like who the new guys are, and obviously we want the big guys too. I mean, you have to have some big fish. Yeah. But like, I want to say like pre-pandemic, we signed a lot of those acts that are now on festivals and. We do these deals where they are exclusive, but we let them release with other tastemaker labels. Because I mean, especially with house music, like you need to have like the the, the cosigns, right? A, a defected release can do a lot for an artist. You know, uh, right now John Summon off the grid, like what he's doing with his label culturally is amazing. So an artist having to release on off the grid, like one of our guys, 
it's going to help us at the end of the day and it helps yeah. everybody. Yeah. So w with EDC, for example, we had, we had 17 artists playing the festival, which was Whoa. insane. Nice. Is that, yeah. is that a record for you? Stacked up. It is. Yeah. And I think, I think of any label, we had the most artists playing the, the festival. Nice. The thing with that is they're, they're all a lot of newer artists. And still, it's still this numbers. Yeah. The, and, but the thing, all those before the pandemic were a lot smaller and they continued working through the pandemic. So when we came out of it, I want to say like six to eight months when these festival lineups started coming out. Because remember, they were repeated lineups. Yeah. But the smaller, the, 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 the earlier slots were just full of all of our guys. And I'm like, yo, something's happening here. Like, this yeah. is crazy yeah. and then now we're in 2023 and like all of them are playing the primetime slots like yeah. you know but it's like it's this it came time. over time I think we just placed the bets on the right guys and all of them work so hard you know so like now it's just like yeah because that's like a gamble damn. yeah right sure. you're just like alright we gotta take a gamble on this artist I yeah. think they have what it takes and I wouldn't say it's a gamble it, it kind of is because they could you're, you're you hear their music and like alright this is good can they keep producing this good stuff yeah and not a lot of people can well, I think it's also about evolving too it's not just musically yes. but like what's Correct. happening culturally on social media like there are some artists that are just like i don't want to touch that but like maybe there's their subgenre doesn't call for you having a tiktok if it's a techno release you don't need to be good on tiktok nobody gives a shit yeah they're <laughs> else is releasing you know? your shit on tiktok but like yeah. some some of this like tech house sound like there there are these dj pages right where they're posting clips of fucking not even tech house like te like melodic techno solomon's playing your record or whatever it helps an artist out a lot so i think it's about doing the right marketing not just as a label but the artists themselves knowing that like i need to be doing what all my peers are doing not in a way where you're being bitter but saying like i can i'm gonna do this but apply it to my brand yeah you know but it's I like mean, you need to so find smart. artists that understand that too, that's smart yeah you know um but yeah and i think everybody that we have right now and even some new signings that we're working with like they check all the boxes like and that that's what it's so important because at the end of the day it's going to help us help them right? yeah so. And that's how everybody's being so successful. That's why sure. they started at the early slots and now they're paying, you know, prime time. Yeah. Because they now there's a whole new wave of new guys coming up. And it's like, oh, that's, th that's what excites me. I mean, and I love, like I said, we it's great to have the big artists that do their thing. And you got to keep like, you got to nourish that, right? You got to keep them growing. But like, you like that, to see these, the seeds growing. Yeah, for sure. That's um, and that that's the exciting part when you have those festivals and you're like, damn, this is crazy. We have so many. You see them so grow in yeah. front of you. Yeah. So how do you find new artists? Um, I mean, honestly, like everywhere. I think, I think social okay. media uh, it's a big Huge. place where we look. I personally myself, I like looking at a thousand one tracklist.com. Okay. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. So I mean, you do oh, that. Music. You do that one as a fan. I, I still DJ for fun. I mean, I still play locally. You know some of the underground shows for fun. The techno, that's um, your style, right? Yeah, yeah. And then also looking at like what other DJs are playing, right? Because that that is the culture. You want to see what people are playing in the clubs. That's dope. Right? He's still in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. same way I'm looking for artists is the same way I was looking for records Music. to Music. play to play, yeah. Yeah. like you know to play out. Um, but it's the same way. And I also like with that, like you want to see what's working on social media. What's wh like who's posting what? You can look at like someone's story fucking eating a burger and sometimes they might post a song you're like oh shit so <laughs> my girl hates it but i it's primarily me on my fucking phone is how i'm finding the music <laughs> find the artists, you know you're like i'm working uh, i'm working i, really I swear <laughs> but i really am though i mean but it's all there you know pretty much like a baseball scout for sure always yeah. scouting for, for talent. sure you have to though that's dope but yeah, it's got to be like an obsession, right? Like you have to want to do it. Yeah. And you shouldn't be told to do it. You should just be programmed. Like this yeah. is what I'm. I love that you say you stay active because a lot of people don't. Yeah. They look different ways, you know? And I mean, everybody has their own way of looking for an artist, but 
you yourself that you're a DJ. You were a DJ and you still are a DJ. You, yeah. You're still active. So you don't just sit there waiting for your DM to be filled up and go I don't, through. Honestly, You'll, man, I, and it's probably a mistake because, like, I, I think that, the, for example, like, Avicii, um, rest in peace, like, his music was being sent to everyone and nobody gave a chance. And those were demos. And the guy that took a chance on it is the one who won big. And, you know, I mean, he had to deal with Ash because he's a little crazy, but he blew up, right? That's probably something that I don't do as much as I probably should. Because the, I think the way I think of, like, finding an artist and an artist that's ready to go, and this isn't to knock people that send demos because you should. I think you need to send your demos everywhere. You never know who's going to listen to it. Yeah. yeah. But for me specifically, the the people that I think are ready for us to at least – to make a difference in what they're doing, I'm gonna find that, right? Like I don't, I don't want. I I'll, sometimes there might be something in the demos, and it's gonna sound good. But I think the artists that I can go and say, "Yo, I'm gonna bring you here. We're gonna take our team, and we're gonna apply what we do." We work with Virgin, that's our distributor. Yeah. I need to give them firepower. Yeah. I need to give them an artist that, like, hey, this, this, and this, and this is all happening. Um, you have a resume of stuff. Yeah, I ha I have to find them. Yeah, you know, and the, it's up to me to do that. Like, you know, you can't I, be the guy who's got like two tracks in their band. Yeah, and, and it sucks because there might be like there are a lot of new artists, man, like that are so sick, and I I wish I can sign them super early. But the reality is that like they still got to pay their dues. They yeah, still, it doesn't make they're sense. They're not ready. Yeah, they're not ready. Premature. But but <laughs> but but like they should release with other labels, right? And like sometimes I will find these guys and I'll just stay in contact with them and be like, dude, you should work with this label and I'll give them the contact or I'll well, connect that's awesome. them. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me put you in touch with this guy. Actually. Yeah, and He's I've done be... that. Like like Gorgon City's realm, um, Simon over there was one of my buddies. Like there was this girl, Talina, who we I did end up signing a record from her. But there was a song that I was just like, man, as much as I fucking love this song personally, it's probably going to do a lot better with that label that caters to that town specifically. That's awesome that you do And then that. after that, like, for once you set that music. up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then after that, like, she's going to gain some fans from that. Let, let's plan around that. Let's give them a W. But, like, we're going to get a bigger one because we're going to catch you, like, yeah, while it's is... growing. Right? And it's like, but I think. you already have a fan base and now we're yeah. just going to contribute to it. For sure. But I think that that's the best approach because at that, at that point, the artists are kind of seeing that, like, we're not just a partner. They're like, hey, we just want to sign your record and put it out. We're going to see what sticks. Like, no, we're here. We're working with artists that we want to develop. Right? Like. I think that that's like the best approach. I mean, it's been great for us so far. And <laughs> I love that. And obviously, you've been succeeding. Yeah, been doing really yeah, well. Really well. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so let's let's. I want to talk about. So, how did you get into the scene? Like when you first started. Like <laughs> you when know, you I were, got into the scene. Well, I mean, let's <laughs> let's talk about the people. Let's let the yeah, people yeah, know yeah. about like where you come from. Yeah. And, and I mean, I I came into this like as a raver like yeah. <laughs> I, you were a regular party goer right yeah you dude um i mean like to get like deep deep yeah. into it like i where did you grow up well, i grew up in east Los. that's Los. right i grew up in city terrace um and then i i went to um we went to the we moved to the projects for a year a couple of years and i went to roosevelt high school and i was going to punk shows um and that that was my thing i loved the shows and my family moved to Alhambra, which is a lot nicer than Boyle <laughs> yeah. Heights. And um, when we moved, a lot of those shows, I couldn't go anymore because it was far. Um, I would catch the dash sometimes and go, but like my mom was just like, you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I moved to uh, to Alhambra, I started getting, I mean, I was, I was, it was still rock based, but like, I want to say like when I was 16, 17, 
a lot of the dan- the the rock shows that I was going to were turning into these kind of like like you know the moving units, like that sound that's like very it's kind of like li- sleaze indie sleaze style, yeah. like it's electronic. I would say a little electronic right. bass, Electro. but still have have yeah. like, uh, live instruments. Right, yeah. right. So that that was kind of like that next wave, and it was kind of crossed between like also like rock in a way indie rock like, yeah yeah indie and rock. like that was like party vibe so i started getting into the party scene and then from that all my friends started going to these raves they're like yo you gotta go to edc you gotta go here and like i was like dude i know this music like i was listening to this shit when my cousin would call me gay for listening to it like, <laughs> i used to i used to look up techno and i like downloaded atb paul van dyke like bt like we're all, these all guys. called that because we're we're in the hood bro <laughs> yeah exactly like all my uncles like they call me shit and i'm like dude I, I love the music you know i, I we go on limewire and look it up like, you know limewire um, but um they were going to these things and I'm like, bro, I know this music. Like, and then I was, I used to DJ with like my uncle and stuff too. Like, so I, I knew how to DJ, but it wasn't like I, I hadn't, I didn't know you could do it on a stage. Right. Oh. Um, so I finally did go, I went to EDC in 2008. I fucking rolled face there, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I lost my mind there, but like, like, you know what? I left the show so inspired. I was just like, you can be on a stage and play music and like, curate a vibe for all these people Hundreds and like i had just turned 18 and like i was going through my own personal stuff with like my my dad and stuff like we weren't really like we weren't hitting it off right and i was kind of like he called me from a block number it was my birthday edc 2008 and he called me when as i turned 18 from a block number so i went into that show already like fucking in my feels yeah you're like yeah <laughs> and like fucking two pills later i'm fucking vibing <laughs> going crazy and then the atmosphere then, the vibe it's yeah easy, it was fucking love beautiful. peace like, like yeah i i left all that stuff behind me and i had a great time yeah and then after that i went to everything i went to love festival i went to nocturnal i went to this thing called mr bubbles and compton oh yeah, or something. yeah yeah and like i was just in love with the rave scene and you were going to all the parties i was djing at yeah exactly and fuck bro but i want to say in like september 2008 or something like i went to nocturnal and i was fucking rolling and i saw somebody fucking overdose and that i went into this crazy like shock and i got like really depressed like i was just like this is like well yeah that's this is not good it it freaked me out and i just i just fucking turned 18 and i couldn't shake it dude it was like two months and i kept having this like like what are the ptsd from it and um, i was like how do i shake this man and like the only thing that was bringing me happiness w- was being at those shows but i was scared to go i didn't want to see something, something like that happening again and i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna just fucking buy a laptop and just download a bunch of this fucking music and just dj it for me and my friends and like i was doing that and i got so obsessed with it and like i knew how to dj and like i didn't know you could do it on a fucking computer i was doing it on a fucking piece of shit cdj with a little fucking <laughs> little spin, you know spin wheel. the noon marks yeah and i didn't the know cdj then, 3000 300 yeah. 3, so, so at the time i was like uh, i was training dogs like that was i was you know working with dogs and i saved up all the money i could to buy the fucking exponent you know the little yeah and i was djing at home and eventually i was like you know i'm gonna go play at a fucking house party and then i started doing that and all the homies were told their boys like the promoters you know those like those little party crews yeah and they all started booking me to play this fucking techno music at the hip-hop parties and there wasn't a lot of them right and then i was like man i gotta play like at a show that where they know the music so i started digging deep and i saw this guy he had a party called a club injected i think yeah that was one of our first shows yeah and montebello yeah 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 Yeah. so i saw that one one. and i just dude i was so like i wanted to know who the players were and i was just like i'm gonna just hit them up and see if they'll let me play an opening slot and i hit every fucking buddy up and 
I started playing all these parties and like that I think that's what like was my first foot in right and I was just homies with a bunch of people I didn't really I didn't those people with so many enemies and I didn't understand it I don't know if it's like um, a hater thing but I didn't really like I didn't pay attention to like what other people were doing like I it was more about like I wanted to just be there like you yeah know? well uh, I think there was I don't, I don't want to say enemies but you know we it's a small but it, it's a big industry but it's small yeah yeah for sure so as throwing gigs like if you were a different promoter throwing a oh, it's competitors like, right oh yeah. my yeah. god and there was guys i remember they were like raiding each other's parties and stuff yeah and I'm like, this is crazy but like that that is like i think what got my foot in into really wanting to be this dj and you know fucking be in the industry somehow working with other artists other creatives and um it just kind of evolved i don't know like i, I eventually i mean um i ended up being like a dj duel with, with sergio um the night crime duel. oh yeah oh that's right oh, you yeah, started yeah. that yeah and then with that like we 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 played EDC, we played Nocturnal. I mean, we were doing some stuff. I mean, I just, the sound was just not, I was just getting really bored of like that big room style. And then eventually I kind of just pivoted to the label side. I remember when, before you move on to the label side, I remember when uh, you started playing at um, Groove Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. And I remember me and you having a conversation. I think we were at Avalon, we're chilling. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, Locke wants me to be a resident. And I was like, don't yeah. do it, man. <laughs> Don't do it. You're that like, was oh. a, like a real like pivotal pivotal time like for me. And I I still remember that. I, I remember like feeling like when I was there, I, I lost. It's such a, a bunch huge of opportunity. Shows. You know, it's like, it was, yeah. But like it was an opportunity and that I took and didn't realize I was gonna be fucking opening for an opener of the headliner every fucking <laughs> Thursday. Um and you were you were you were blowing up you yeah had a yeah lot locally. of steam a lot of steam yeah and i feel like when i went there like it it was fun i mean but yeah. like I, I did lose a bunch of shows because they knew i can be at that one place every thursday where i was playing a bunch of different pop-ups everywhere i didn't have my own party so like a lot of these guys i mean you had your party discotheque had everybody I had, had their had own new little... rave everyone had the thing and i was just kind of like bouncing around everywhere. yeah but like for me, like that was, I was a good business. I ended up just moving out. Like <laughs> I was on my own with my girl, like, you know, and I just focused on that. And then when I ended up at Groove, which it, like I said, was really fun. There was some fun moments. I feel like it kind of like slowed me yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, um, that's what I was afraid of when I was talking yeah. to you. I was like, don't, don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you, I was like, why would you tell him not to do it? Because it would seem like such a good opportunity because Groove was so huge at the but time. I think it's because I, 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 yeah. I was pulling a certain amount of people to where I was going and I, that decreased. He had a great following, yeah. really good following. And, and I think not to knock anything on Groove Thursdays, but they wanted, they were like using yes. that ability, but then not putting you in a spot where you should. Yeah, and, and I understand from a business standpoint yeah, of course, too. Like of course. you're bringing a certain amount of ticket value and you're selling that and they can keep continue booking their headliners, yeah. right? Because I don't think they were charging a ton of, for people to get in. Yeah, like, no. Um, but it was a good stepping stool. Yeah, I think, yeah. You know. I mean, I think what changed for me there was like, I when I had just started, I want to say four months in, um, Olivia, my girl, she she was pregnant, and I was just like, "Well, I'm making less money now here. Like, <laughs> how the fuck am I gonna do this?" <laughs> you know. And then by January, I want to say like two months before my daughter was born, I said, "I'm fucking out. I can't do this shit anymore." Because I just I couldn't. I was just like, "Dude, yeah. you guys." Like, and then they were sometimes late on paying me, and I'm like, "Yeah, bro, what the fuck?" I mean, they were paying me like two fifty, three hundred dollars a week. Yeah. And then I was I was working with dogs at the same time, and I'm like, "Dude, I was I." I just quit, I think, doing that and like earlier that year, right? So it's like I went there and it's like 
how am I going to like now do this all here? I was, I quit that so I can spend more time here, but you're not paying me more. And then you're paying me late. Yeah. 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 My kid's about to be born. <laughs> yeah. Something needs to change here. Something needs your, to change. Yeah. yeah. So what did you do after that? Well, we, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, uh, I gotta bring up a little bit of the, oh my God. your spotlight. We won't say where it was or what it was, but yeah. you had a little bit of uh, 15 minutes of fame on TV. Yeah. Did a little, uh, a little. Say it, we can say it. <laughs> can we? Can we true, true life? What yeah, was that called? True yeah, yeah. life. Yeah. So. That was you. <laughs> Wait, how did you get that gig? Well, That's funny story. Gig. So, I mean, I originally the directors um, they got my contact from a family member who was trying to be on the show, oh. and they they placed everything. They were like, "This is going to be the story," and they finally went to go meet him, and they figured out that he was bullshitting. And like, his story was <laughs> it was you. No, and tell him your story. No, well, no, no, no. He was. I don't even know what he told them, but they were like, "Fuck, we need to find somebody." So like, they he told them about me, and they for like a little bit were trying to convince me to do it. And I'm like, "Nah, man. Like, I'm at rock bottom. Like, I moved back in with my parents." You were young, um, and you have still, a baby. I had a baby, and I was just you like, were I don't a baby know. Yourself. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know. The, begin- the beginnings I, of Teen Mom, right there, dog. <laughs> for real, though. Basically, and I, I thought I was gonna be the next like Tiesto. Like I'm like, you know, and then I'm like, how's it gonna look that I'm on True Life and I'm like back in with my parents? Like I didn't think it was a good look, but like they really sold me on like the idea of that helping other DJs that I were going through something similar, yeah. and I. I was like, you know what? I mean, that makes sense. And like, my it was real. People think that it was like acting, and in some cases, it was acting because they had one cameraman. So, if you're having a conversation like we are now, and imagine somebody in the room saying, "Oh, can you do that again?" From the other yeah, side, you're like, <gasps> at that point, you're acting, right? Yeah. But like the actual, what happened in the show was the so real. It was, it, 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 yeah. it was not manufactured. It was real. Yeah, they would just tell you to redo what you were talking exactly. about. Right. Hold on, let's read. Right, but like that, I was, it was raw, dude. Like, and even to this day, like some people find out about it and like, I probably shouldn't because those are like humble beginnings, right? But like, I cringe sometimes, so I was super naive. Like, I, I think it was young. great. I think you're it was young. fucking yeah, I mean, great. Please. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you inspired other people to yeah, like. Well, I've not, heard that from people. That, yeah, I've yeah. gotten messages from people, and I'm just like, how That's the hell your did you underdog story, bro. Ah. You hit rock bottom, and look where you're at now. I know. I mean, I, recently, and I think more, more than other years in the last like couple years, and it like, it gets me emotional thinking about it because like I've really kind of like understood where i'm at now and it's Mm -hmm. like it's more of a platform i see it it's not really like i'm fucking successful i think the platform i have now to like be able to help other artists you know but like it took a long time because i you're just stuck in the grind you don't think about it you know and i think now thinking back and thinking about that show it's like fuck it was a platform it it was a stepping stone (laughs) get fucking emotional that's great man take another shot take another shot what are you guys doing (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it um only if we have tequila bro it's real that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah, it's real because not everybody is going to be a tiesto yeah i mean think about how many people we all dream of being that you know i I think too the time though that that happened this was 2011 this was before the big EDM the explosion, right? And I just, I knew there was something going to happen. And I'm like, I'm going to be in that. And like, it didn't quite happen the way I wanted it to. But like, I'm kind of happier with this realm because like, I You're feel like people. I'm helping people. But at the same time, it's also like, how can I say? I didn't take any shortcuts, right? And it's like, there, worked there, hard. there are all these things. And when people do see those shortcuts, you skip all these steps. Yeah, and I feel like I'm in a good place now that I feel like I'm stable, 
but I can also like help other people learn some of these things that I learned along the way, you know? And yeah. I'm like, I'm okay with not being you have a great touring structure DJ. That you went through. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Like, I mean, I still love doing it, but it's like, I like where I'm at now. And being yeah, there's a, there's a bigger that, picture know? than just being that hundred percent. Yeah. Exactly. That, that DJ. That's exactly yeah. it. There's a bigger picture. I sure. mean, and DJ is not going anywhere. No. You know, sure. <laughs> they'll be around, but, but there, I, I rewatched some of that episode and there's a, there's a part where your mom is like, basically being a, mom. being a mom being she's a mom. like you know telling you to stop like looking at the computer and yeah. you know if you don't get your act together and get a job like the yeah. door is right there i have a question now yeah. how does your mom feel now about she's she's proud i mean it, it's got to um, be like yeah. have you showed her yeah. that video though we we um she I says just, a, she, actually, i think she I says just, a saying in there if you don't get your act together you know the size of the door or something <laughs> yeah. like that i love actually, it i just posted it um on mother's day um oh no way i posted it and because in the video it was me and when we were on lockdown because my mom was living right across my door and she came over and she put it on and i'm like what are you doing and when we were watching it um there was a scene where i was like this is what I want to do. And if my mama don't like it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went like this and I was like, well, I did it, mama. <laughs> and she's like, yes, you did. Maybe like, you know, and like, she, she's happy for me. You yeah. know, and it gives I, me chills, man. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, no, she, she's happy for me. It was a different Good. road, I think. Than yeah. She because she's mom being a mom. For she sure, wants you to be successful. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes she didn't come out with the belt, bro. On TV, oh, no, she came so. out with plenty of fucking belts. Not TV, <laughs> and a chocolate. <laughs> Dude, I was, the, I was the fucking craziest kid of all my brothers. I was in the street. Mm. Like, I, you know. Are you the baby? You, you were probably going down I'm the wrong path. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I was. Yeah, he was out for the gangbangs, bro. I was drinking forties like when I was like fourteen. At Dukes, like, yeah, At Dukes. Dukes, bro. I lived. That's right. I lived up the street from Dukes. Uh, <laughs> I used to live in Hazard, bro. Damn, uh, big Hazard in the house right here. <laughs> no, you don't guys know. were neighbors. Don't say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, I lived walking distance from Dukes. I, that that payphone right outside. It was funny when I was we probably like, fucking ran into each probably. other Fridays or Saturdays. <laughs> Going to a fucking party, getting a fucking 40. Probably. <laughs> but I was 14 and Dukes, they used to sell it to me, bro. Yeah. And eventually they figured out that I'm that kid that lived at the block and they stopped. But like, <laughs> <laughs> they stopped. But like, dude, like like that payphone that's out there. When yeah. I was like 12, 13, I used to like, around my house or wherever, if I found a quarter, I'd use that to call my girlfriend, that payphone. Nice. <laughs> Every fucking day I was there, dude. <laughs> It's crazy. Payphone, children. A payphone is a public <laughs> telephone in the street that you would put money in. You would put a quarter in, and you'd be able to use twenty-five cents. Twenty-five oh, cents. Man. Like thirty minutes. You get thirty cents. minutes for twenty-five cents. Thirty minutes, and then you put in like a nickel to go ten more minutes. <laughs> It'll tell you you're running out of time. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. How did you have a girlfriend at like twelve? Oh, dude, I was a fucking hopeless romantic. I was like <laughs> ten years old. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Oh, I love it. But but then so then after that, yeah. You went into So after that was when I started Night Crime. Um and it was me and Sergio and it was really fun at first. We started producing um there's this guy Marshall Barnes that we were doing a little bit of co-production work for and when I met him, I met his manager who was getting us a bunch of shows locally in LA. Um and when that happened. We got introduced um, through, I don't know if you remember Audiobot. Yeah, yeah, I remember Audiobot. So Audiobot, um, I actually sent his record, um, one of his songs to Red Foo from LMFAO. And that's how... Uh... And, and then he, Sexy and I Know It, he ended up producing that song for him. So that was like one of my first like real like quote unquote A&R 
jobs without being paid for it. And people found out about that. And Audiobot's manager at the time, Peter Torres, who's still one of my like, you know, mentors, mentors, one of my really good friends, like an older brother. Um, he wanted to manage me and Sergio, and Sergio and him didn't get along. <laughs> Bumped heads. So yeah, yeah, and so we ended up not working together, but Peter introduced me to a lot of the Black Eyed Peas team, a lot of the writers and stuff, and I, with a lot of those people, I was putting them in sessions, and I was just kind of just doing it for fun, and um, I, I wanna say like a year later, Peter hit me up and was just like, hey, like, I wanna connect you with this guy, Ricardo, um, who is thinking about going into management, and possibly relaunching his label. You should look up his label. And it was called Thrive Records. I'm like, okay, what the fuck is this? This was like when Spinning Records and Armada were like yeah. fucking dominating. Shit, yeah. Okay. And Axe Tone size. That that was the thing. And I was like, what is this Thrive Records thing? You know, so I look and I'm like, oh fuck, dude, they got Paul Oakenfo, Sasha and John Digweed. And I'm like, this is crazy. All right. So we take the meeting and again, Sergio didn't get along with him. <laughs> but oh. Sergio, Sergio's really smart. He's really like instinctive. Like, and he just I don't know what it was. Like he just did not click with Ricardo. And Ricardo He's, I mean, I, my biggest mentor, and he's the founder of the label, and, like, he's a he's an interesting personality, to say the least, but, like, he gives a shit. He has the biggest heart, and him and Ricardo just didn't get along. And he, R- Ricardo, after that meeting, was just like, hey, like, why don't you come by the office? I want, I want to meet with you separately. Let's just have Solo. a chat. Yeah. And when we were talking, um, he's like, so what do you do? Like, what, what, what is your process? <laughs> like, I'm like, well, I mean, so, like, I do all our press. I was getting his blogs. Like every time I put a song out, I was putting our free downloads on every the dancing astronaut, every blog. I knew a bunch of the writers and you know that when my mom was yelling at me on that show and she's like, you're always on the fucking computer. Well, I was on that. Like I was obsessed with knowing who the fucking players were and I wasn't just downloading music, but I wanted to know who was the guy at this blog, who was the label, who's the A&R at this behind label. Behind the scenes. Yeah, and I had my spreadsheets with who was who, and I was just like, it, it was kind of weird to be honest, but like I was like, I want to know who does what, you know? So when I met with Ricardo, I told him like, so this is my spreadsheet for this. I got a press here, and he was just like, are you gonna pay for that? I'm like, no, it's my project, bro. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? But then also like- the, I do it for fun. Yeah, yeah, and then also- I'm gonna get graded on it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but but then like the the writer part, like the sexy and I know it thing, I didn't get any points on that, nothing. I just did that because I thought Audiobot was a beast and he got his fucking biggest record, right? And LMFAO had a massive song huge. out of that. Huge. And he was just like, you know, that's a job, right? I was like, really? <laughs> you know, you can get paid for that? I was like, what? Uh, but that was A&R, that's real A&Rs. Uh, the, the A&R I was thinking then was the guy that I sent a demo to, right? Yeah. But that is like, like Mike Karen, for example, from APG, like that that is the way he operates. He's making records, he's in the studio as an A&R, making these hits. That, that That's the best way to go about developing an artist, in my opinion. Um, I mean, that's just a different type of A&R, right? But he was just like, would you ever consider working at a label? And I was like, fuck that, dude. <laughs> I'm trying to be an artist, man. Yeah. And he was just like, well, what are you doing? And at the time, I went back to working with dogs. And he, he was like, you need to stop doing that. He's like, what are they paying you? He's like, what do I match the pay? And you just come here. Because I was, I was co-producing with Audiobot early in the day. And he was like, well, why don't you come in and second half of the day, just sit with me and we'll kind of like look at artists. He's like, I'm thinking about relaunching my label, just bringing some people. And wow. he ended up relaunching it with Sony at the time. And he got a bunch of funding from them and we relaunched the label. And um, I ended up just doing it. And I said, fuck, I'll do both for a little bit. And then I got sick of night crime and I ended up just fucking going full time A&R. Um, wow, he took, he saw something in you. 
He's like, yeah. I, I mean, he he did take a chance for sure. Yeah. I didn't know what the fuck yeah, I was but doing. You showing up <laughs> and that paperwork. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. this boy knows what's up. I mean, the <laughs> fact that you cared about receipts. who, what, when, why, how, like who even I've never even thought like where did this <laughs> come from? Who did that? Like, well, I mean, because us like we didn't have a manager, so I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to do this shit ourselves. Like, let's just figure it out. And mind. I still think right. to this day, I mean, I I think if an artist can do it themselves. And you don't, you're not necessarily like I wasn't touring. We weren't operating a full business where I can pay a manager. Yeah. You have to do that shit yourself. Yes. You should look at what everybody's fucking doing and try to apply it to you. Right. And in a way where like where it's positive, right? Like don't fucking be bitter, but like yeah. you need to be a hustler. You need to go and do it. Yeah. And that, that's all it really was. I was just like, fuck, we got to figure Being it hungry. out. And also like I had my hungry. kid too. So I'm like, I don't I have another choice. Like I have to figure this shit out. Yeah, yeah. I got to pound the payment. <laughs> I, yeah. I got to make this shit work. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, Ricardo, like, he did take a chance, dude. And, like, uh, we had our GM at the time. Um, he left to go on tour with ASAP Rocky um, to do visuals for them. So, like, I got left with all the GM shit without being the GM. And I'm like, fuck, what is this? What the fuck's a UPC code? What's an ISRC code? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, yeah. And I had to just do it. I just fucking said, all right, we'll figure this out. Google. Um, yeah. <laughs> I search that really quick. <laughs> for sure. But. Yeah, I mean, that was just like the beginning, right? And I mean, there's a lot of other things to happen. And what year was that? This was like 2014, 2015. We relaunched wow. the label in 2015. I was, I was, I started there in like 2014. In 2015, we launched it, I want to say like the first week of June. And we started off, it's funny, we, he brought back Paul Oakenfo for a release. Um, and then it was a bunch of guys that I just, I liked. And I was, at the time, it was a different landscape. It wasn't necessarily all about streaming. Yeah. Downloads were still a thing. Beatport top 10 still yes. did a lot yes. for an artist. So I was looking for artists that I thought had dope songs and we can go and try to fight for placement for. You needed those Beatport banners. They were important. Um, but I, I needed to have something to sell, right? I can't just go to Beatport and say, yo, I need you to give me a banner, you know, just because. Yeah. So, like I signed this guy, Henrix, at the time, who did a song with GTA called Hit It that was massive then. So we did a song with him and I could warrant asking for banners. So he got placement and then he got, he charted on Beatport and I was like, oh shit, fuck, okay. So we just kind of kept building on that and because he was here, other, other artists were interested in working with us and I kind of went in that direction, like who's going to be interested if we bring in this guy? Uh, you know, and I just kind of started. kind of play off each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, and also I had to fit, like Build. I had to like it too, you know, like I wasn't just going after things that I saw working, like there's a lot of people that just look at like these days, looking at monthly listeners, what's charting, whatever, like I have to like it too, you yeah. know? <laughs> For sure. You're uh, still a fan. Yeah, for sure. Well, you got to be fan first. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, crazy. Like, there's so much that goes behind music. A lot of knowledge. Well, that's, I'm like, I'm, I mean, my... that's why we created this show. I know. Because people like you I never don't thought get of, credit. Or I like, never know that. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm sure I've seen you multiple times. And then I, sometimes I'm like, that's who rolls with him. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess you're entourage like, <laughs> oh my the God. show you know you're <laughs> oh man you're the fucking guy that's like hey get my fucking guy on this fucking movie like that's <laughs> we do that sometimes it's not <laughs> really saying, like that's what i'm we're trying like, to say like I didn't think you're the tom that. cruise and uh what's oh that show God. me the money show me that no no <laughs> no uh, is it what tropic thunder tropic thunder oh, oh. no no not a tom cruise no yeah tom that's cruise. the agent no the agent the they... tom cruise no. it's, it's, it's tomas cruz <laughs> oh, you're talking about Ari Gold uh, on Entourage? No, but you're no. talking about the Tebow. Tropic Thunder. I know it's, it's Matthew Tom McConaughey. It's Matthew McConaughey. No, he's the <laughs> Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. like mm. 
He's the Get he's my, the guy at the board. Yeah. And then Matthew McConaughey is the manager. The ma- yes. No, but yes. the agent is um, is fucking Tommy Cruise. Okay. All right. <laughs> I gotta watch. Anyways, <laughs> <He's> like, <I'm, laughs> that's him right there. All <laughs> you better get that motherfucker on the stage now. <laughs> <laughs> Done that a couple times. <laughs> that's so crazy. Like, sorry, sir, but he doesn't start for ten minutes. <laughs> uh-huh. So, are there any new artists out there that we should be looking for? Yeah, I mean, on our side, um, there's a handful. I mean, there's this. I mean, you guys know nostalgic. She's crushing. Yeah, I had her. She, she's. I had her uh, on opening. Fire. Um, she's killing it. Um, Mark Kismet is a really interesting artist. So the music's very different. Um, just I, I think just breaking barriers with everything they do. Um, and it's one of those things where like we have to explain to the artist too that like you can be the most creative sound designer and be the producer's favorite producer. But you also have to think of like culturally too, right? Yes. Because Omar, Omar Kismet is playing these shows and playing these insane sets. They're so good. But we're like, if we can find a way to connect the dots with what's happening in the sets with your music, but also like creating an energy that all makes sense together, this kid's off to the races. I mean, already, like I think... So many people are interested. We signed more Kismet when they were 16. Um, and we actually, we, we met with them the first time when they were 14 years old at Applebee's in Apple Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there was just this like talent that we saw and they just spoke like they were so much, like they were so beyond their years and they just knew exactly what they wanted. There was a vision there from the start. I mean, now they're screenwriting a fucking an animated series right at, at 18 years old oh my god you know but like now you know um they're 18 and and making music that i'm just like like skrillex um they just did a remix for for a noise and skrillex song and skrillex showed it to fred again which we should probably play on the mic but skrillex <laughs> left a voice memo saying dude this remix is fucking insane wow and then fred again gets on skrillex's phone and sends the voice i'm like hey this is fred like i heard it the first time and i was like well the second time i'm confused but i'm just losing my mind at how good this is like they're just going crazy but like that's what you hear that's what you hear when you hear the music you're like this is insane but it's like we have to also do that but also grab listeners that aren't necessarily part of that scene because if we can find a way to pull in more people to what you're doing on the production level the this is gonna be crazy i mean flume did that right with feature base yeah Yeah. you know yeah so i'm trying to the timeline you you met them when they were 14 you signed Mm -hmm. them when they were 16 Mm -hmm. they're 18 now and they're just blowing up yeah yeah i mean they they've caught everybody's eyeballs for sure that's awesome um but now it's just really i mean they put out the album the album that they started when they were like 15 16 years old and we the album's out now and we're like okay well there's phase two and they're just so like such a visionary for what they want to do and we have to find a way as a partner to not just come in and say hey you need to be like that artist no let's just find no, a way to find take what's yours what's yours but like let, let, let's bridge a gap here because if we can find the middle ground for that it's going to be insane um uh-huh. but yeah that that i'm really excited for what they're they're going to do in the next couple of years that's All gonna right. be an interesting one All for right. sure hey, i'm um, gonna look them up for sure definitely have to i know i know yeah, yeah. i want to see that anime yeah <laughs> it, it's tight it's called i think well, i don't know if I, should, I can say it on here 
<laughs> no, no. We won't say. Fair. Yeah, yeah. You tell me off fair. Yeah, we'll keep yeah, it. Yeah. We'll keep it on the low. So Have they played on our stage at all? Any of the stages that Mark Kismet closed EDC um, last year? I was there with you guys. Oh, yeah. that's he actually played on my stage too at uh, Escape. At Escape, yeah. yeah, yeah, I was there with you. That's right, that's yeah. right. I'm telling you, you're on all the stages I'm working. <laughs> like you're always rolling. Up. Yeah. I remember I would see you come with the radio, and I'm like, oh, maybe he does like their audio. Yeah, I never put like the two, and I never asked you like, what do right. you do? Well, so the like, radio that actually we did that because obviously the service is really bad. Yeah, but we had a lot of our team there this year, and I'm just like, we got to split up because we had we had I think there was four artists playing at 7 p.m. So you just on that Friday. I'm like I'm not gonna go to all of them. I yeah. went I went to two and then we split up. So because we didn't have service, I was like my friend, um, you know Ruben, yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So he that's his business that they have. They rent walkie talkies out to a bunch of artists and stuff. So I was like, dude, I'm gonna need like five of them. <laughs> so smart, we, we use them for the first half of the night. They're just so heavy. Yeah, yeah, just but, like, yeah. I use them for that. For, for try wearing them all. Fuck. <laughs> oh, they always talk shit to me, dog. Because Kirby's not gonna use it. I don't fucking use that shit <laughs> unless I need something. Yeah, but we use it. I mean, then like also like people see you wearing that. They just you go wherever the fuck. You yeah, yeah fuck you're like, oh, yeah. oh, you're important. Yep, you don't even got show credentials. Yeah. <laughs> Psych. But, yeah, yeah no, but we took it off. I mean, they were just it was a lot to yeah. care of them, but yeah. <laughs> so I, I see that you like you've traveled all over the place for, for the industry. Mm-hmm. Is there a favorite place? Do you have a favorite place? Oh, Amsterdam. Too. Yes, my yeah, favorite. Nothing place. comes <laughs> close. I think I mean besides like the music scene there, it's just such a beautiful city and like yes. the people there are amazing. Um, that's that's I think my favorite place to go out of the country. Um, here, I mean, yeah, I, mean, I, I like keeping it chill. I like Denver. Denver's a vibe. Oh. Also, the music scene there. It's crazy because it's not necessarily my type of music, right? I mean, if you, you listen to Grizz, like there's this like different electronic type of jazz, style that right, like a jazz field. Yeah, man, and like Grizz on the stage, any kind of like live electronic stuff, like yeah. Denver knows their shit. Oh, really? But besides the music scene, I mean, for me, just that city, just a chill vibe. I love that shit. Mm. We gotta go to. I mean, Denver. We grew up in like the suburbs, right? Like East, East Los was a little crazy, but like Alhambra was super chill. I mean, there's something <laughs> to that. <laughs> no gunshots in Denver, probably. I, don't I mean, know, at least I don't know. Maybe in that rowdy shit. <laughs> you were just uh, on a panel recently yeah oh yeah how was that it was good it was good it was like a q a what um, was it for it, w- it was for symmetry and um symmetry academy which is dj soul's production oh. school and shout out it, to show soul. Soul. soul um and it was for uh, bpm supreme's bpm create brand um so yeah it was just like uh asking about what we do and you know answering some questions for them shine light on the industry on the yeah, industry a little yeah. bit <laughs> track was talking about like producing and what he does yeah like, yeah he broke down i think i mean i left a little bit after he started but it was i read that he broke down a fucking duck sauce record for everybody yeah which was wild <laughs> and i was like why did i leave <laughs> that guy's dope but insane yeah insane but it was a great event i think they put on for for, for the people that came out for that it's time it's glad to see soul what he's doing yeah, it's man. It's crazy, like all our past, like where I'm at, yeah, where you're yeah, at, and where it. Soul's at, because we kind of were like all in the same, yeah, that same. But yeah, scene. yeah, but it's crazy. The people that are still around, I'm not surprised that they're still around because these were like the good people, right? And and there are a lot of people that, yeah, I mean, I would say even before the pandemic, that got weeded out because yeah. they, this was not what they loved doing. If you love doing it, you're gonna do it, whether you're, you're eating shit or not. Yeah. You know, and there are other people that went off and did different careers, but the people that want to be here are still here. Yeah. You know, um, but Soul's one of them, and it's like I think he's he's was trying to find his way for the longest time, and I think he really gives a shit about the artists and 
teaching you know i think he found that with working at he was at matrix for a little bit yeah but right. he has a passion for that you know so it's like you gotta i love that almost that. like paying it forward for sure you definitely want you want to spread your knowledge or or help people yeah because there's i i I feel like there's people in the industry that will pull you down. For sure, for there sure. Are a the whole industry can pull you down. Yeah. yeah. But you know, that's one of those things like soul. I mean, even the days at Groove, like we, we had a little bit of a falling out then. Um, and it wasn't necessarily his fault. I was just kind of like hurt with everybody that was there. But like he always had a really big heart and he gave a shit. And he was the one who actually convinced me to do it. And I, that's, I think that's why I was so upset because I, I didn't, I wasn't happy with how that worked out. Yeah. And I kind of took it out on him a little bit. But he's always been like, one of my better friends, I think people that, uh, people don't know this, I actually went to middle school. I went to Belvedere with him. That's right. Yeah, really? I, I went to Belvedere with him. Oh, wow. um, but like, I mean, we weren't even that close then, but like, you know, we got closer later. And But he's he's been one of those people that are like real brother type vibes. You know, oh, he's, a, he's a good, good dude. And why haven't we had him on the show? Yeah, you got to have him. Yeah, we got to get him on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your hair there, buddy. <laughs> so do you <laughs> have, do you have advice for anybody in the industry, whether an artist or yeah. somebody who wants to be behind the scenes? Um, I mean, I think for artists, it's funny. I said this on the on the Q and A panel, and I watched someone sent me the video of me saying it, and I'm like, I think the way I phrased that contradicted itself. Uh-uh. <laughs> but I was saying like one thing. They asked me what I like, uh, what I thought were the biggest mistakes I see artists make, and I think that it's artists like comparing themselves. Oh okay. yeah, you know, because it's one thing to like look at what your peers are doing. And then like applying it to yourself in a good way and saying, I can do that. Um, but take take it in a good way, right? Like not say like I can do better than that. Like take the positives from that and apply it to your game. Yeah. You know. Make it your own. Yeah, make it your own and do your own thing. But it has to work for what your vision is, right? Um, but but I see a lot of artists that like they'll compare themselves to like John Summit and then they get bitter because he's blowing up. And it's like, dude, I don't think John's doing that. John's doing riding his wave and he's creating and he's doing his thing and it works for him. He's on the tunnel vision. The minute you start doing that, the minute you start changing your own art because you're trying to fucking sound like someone else. You know, I, I think that that I think is like advice I'd like a lot of artists to hear, you know, because yeah. it's like even the small guys like, dude, you should like even if it's fucking like a different genre that like you really like that's not necessarily working. Look at what's working in the culture and apply it to that sound that you love. If you can, like I said, you could find that fucking middle ground. Mix it together. Yeah. That starts a lane for you because you're now pulling in people that are vibing with something that's working, but having your own style. You know what I'm saying? And and then you can start, once you grab them, you can start kind of pivoting and doing your own thing. But like, I think Deadmau5 said something one time that was like, you got to, for you to build a brand, you got to think of it like building a theme park, right? You got to build the fucking attractions. And then once you got them here, then you can modify the fucking theme park. <laughs> you already have them. Yeah, here. you already got them here. You then change it up here. a little bit. That's exactly you know? what he did. Yeah, and that's what he, he got did. Got him there, and then he changed his whole sound. And but it should be that you know. And I, I think if you like a certain sound and it's not necessarily working and clicking, change it up a little bit. You don't have to fucking go and sound exactly like someone else. But look at what's working with other styles of music. Like I said, even with like for example the Do It To It record. He wasn't really happy with like having to arrange like a radio song. He's like, this is from fucking my set. We still have this argument with the songs we make. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, this is for fucking my sets. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But like, we have to make sure that it fits in the current landscape yeah. and that we can continue bringing people in, right? But this, this I think applies to small, big, any size. Just like, you have to be able to, I don't, well, I don't know what the correct word is, but like, you have to be able to like. You said it earlier, evolve. 
evolve yeah for sure you have to evolve i mean everything changes the world changes music changes everything changes so if you're not evolving with that you're going to get left behind for sure and i mean music is so fast yeah music changes fast and there's a hundred different versions of everything nowadays so but like everybody like for example like rez for example she's the most like it's such a different sound and if it's you crazy, can if yeah. you can pull that shit off, amazing. But like the chances of that happening to everybody's just very slim. Yeah. You know, and, and she's done amazing things in her career, but it's like that doesn't happen all the time. It's yeah. gonna be very and if you can do that and you're down and you have the fucking patience for it, more power to you. That's fucking amazing. She's one of your artists? Um no, no, Rez is not. She's actually it's funny. I just found out she goes to the Virgin too, so we're like label family in some way, but she oh. we're not affiliated like yeah. Her manager's a buddy of mine, but that's not her music yeah. goes with her image, her whole image, her whole sure. Im- yeah. and that's Crazy. that's the thing. Like she, mark I don't want to say marketed herself, but her her whole image, everything, yeah. her brand. Mm-hmm. You, I already like you yeah. said her name, and I can picture her. Yeah. I can Sound, picture her everything. visuals. For sure. I can picture everything. Like they've definitely got like the whole package yeah. together. And there's a way to do that, right? And yeah. I, I think once you like pull them in and you've got them, then you can go and be creative and do your thing. Um, there are a lot of people that just try to come in and say, yeah, well, I'm different from everybody else. That's fucking awesome. But like, it's going to be tough to find an audience. And also the other part is like, I think the sad part is you, these days you still need like numbers do still matter as good as your fucking music is. Like you need to have an audience growing. You need to have people that are following you on fucking Spotify. You need all that stuff happening. And in order for you to do that, you need to, acknowledge what else is happening you know and how do you how do you find a way to like you know find your way in that you know Um, what do you tell artists like what you i don't want to say you have to be a little trendy no i wouldn't even say trendy i I, I, like it can come down to a fucking arrangement right like listen to like how quick you grab a listener right and then also like don't fucking make a song where your drops fucking two minutes into the song Mm. (laughs) i mean if you're fucking eric Pridge, you can get away with that you know but like it's just not gonna work yeah. you know you have to think about like okay shit you want the only way you're gonna continue to get playlists is if you're thinking about what's working you if, know if like, you catch my attention right you if have you catch to my attention. like yeah. the structure of a song basically it's so important and it's like i think it doesn't matter what you're making but if you can you can be unique as fuck but like if your arrangement's all fucking out of nowhere you're, you're not gonna keep the listener yes like, exactly you know yeah. you're gonna lose i know rocky listens to tracks and it's like five seconds in, and he's like i'm out i'm like you didn't even listen to this song but he's like <laughs> i already here. know yeah, yeah. i could skip yeah not a banger nope nope no not even a banger just something also it applies to the style of music too right because like flow if you're listening let's say you're a fucking hardcore techno fan and you hear like a fucking strange choice for a hi-hat like that doesn't fit like you know drum code for example you listen to their whole fucking catalog and the percussion they use like you can hear it in the mix down. Like okay, this is why it's on fucking drum code record. You know. Hear it, yeah. You yeah. can hear sound. Yeah. But like you have to be able to look at that as a producer, as an artist. You should be a fucking student of the game and just understand like what's working. You know. That's why you're good at what you do because you come from a DJ background and you know how. That definitely helps for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, anybody who didn't know how to arrange a track or anything like that, I mean, that's helping you succeed. That's helping you. Well, I think help it, your it helps the artist, right? Too, yeah. because at the end of the day, it's their project. Yeah. So like, there, there's been situations like where I'll fucking, I'll throw the audio in, and I need them to make a radio edit, and I'll be like, you know, fucking give me it, and I'll throw it in Ableton, and with just like the wave file, I'll just go and make a radio edit. Like, it's gonna sound like shit because I don't have the project, but look at the length of this. Look at where shit's starting and apply it. You do whatever you need to do. But this at that point, at least I have a fucking reference. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they know. Yeah. And that's, that's helped a lot because it saves me fucking writing a shit ton of notes. I'll just be like, yo, here's the fucking reference. Just throw <laughs> it in and fucking copy it. <laughs> here's your notes. Yeah. <laughs> I already did it for you. Just make it right. Yeah, exactly. It's dope. I like that you say that. You go in there and like, I need a radio edit. I'll do it for you. I love it. (laughs) It just brings me back to like watching the movie from Biggie and Puffy goes in there and it's like, hey, we need a radio track. What the fuck I'm going to be on radio for? You know, and then that's how he came out with that song, Juicy and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how radio just changes it yeah for sure yeah well yeah if you want to grow towards the masses you need you, you need, need that. that it's just a shorter like representation of the full mix right yeah. i mean in most yeah. cases you can remove the fucking dj intro and outro and that's your fucking radio but sometimes like it's not gonna work there's gonna be a song where like it has a really dope extended mix that you can have the drop start at 130 145 whatever but you can't have that on streaming. No, nobody's gonna listen that long. Nobody's gonna, yeah. You know, it's gonna wait. There are playlists for that for sure, but there's like one or two. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I always, I always think about that. Like, God, that fucking song's so short on here. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why. Now you know there's why. Your answer. Now yeah. you know why. You're right, because I've thought about that too, and I was like, that was a short track. Yeah. God. <laughs> so where do you see yourself in the future? Man, that, that's. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm kind of just writing it out. I don't. I don't know. If I should probably think a little far out. But, um, <laughs> no, good. I'm glad you're writing. Enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy enjoying it. it. Yeah. yeah enjoy. I mean, it's been very much like living in the now. I mean, I kind of. I've told my girlfriend and a lot of my friends ask me like, "Dude, when are you gonna go and like DJ again? Like, when are you gonna go after that?" And like, as much as I love it, and like, I mean, you you've known me since I was playing these underground shows. Like, I I love it, but like, I think to do that, you need to put everything in yeah it. it needs to be 200 percent. yeah everything and like i don't know if i'm ready i think to do that yeah i think eventually it would be fun too i just don't i, I don't know if i can tour and be gone that long uh, yeah i, I, yeah, you I have, love you being home like yeah, yeah. and yeah. I, I don't know if i'd be able to like do that full time but i think for the label i'd like to see us like being a bigger platform where we can actually pick up like a brand fucking spanky new artist and you know, without the team and say, look, we're going to develop this and do it, you know, but I think we're, we got to just keep riding with it. And I think if it happens that way, that, then it'll happen. But, you know, what does music mean to you? I mean, that's like my whole life. Life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything else. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'd be doing anything else ever. Yeah. 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 It's funny doing these interviews and things of that sort. I never really realized how, how big music is in my life. Like it's huge. Like I, there's no, not a day goes by that I'm not listening to something or curious about something. But then speaking to you, I never really thought about publishing Mm -hmm. or like how many people are behind it. There's the actual artists and then there's writers and then there's, there's the actual, like the backer mate, basically the money. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to start like looking at this. (laughs) 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 You can see that you can't see that info on Spotify anymore. Yeah. Well, you can see the songwriters. You can oh, see really? The yeah. Because yeah, before everybody opened the booklets. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That. Though, so that I, I used to do that. So I bought, 
I was 10 years old and my mom got so fucking pissed, but I bought the Chronic. Uh, I was knew you were going to say the Chronic. <laughs> I bought that fucking album and I fucking looked at all the credits and I got obsessed with that. That's how I think where it started maybe. Uh, and I bought Blink-182, Enema of the State. You were I bought The Offspring. Like I was, I loved reading the booklets. Like that. Like, I'm going to put my oh, name wow. in this motherfucker. I miss that then, about music. I know. Yeah. And yeah. then like I would sometimes like with rock specifically, I would see a lot of the same writers and I'd be like, who is that? And I didn't fucking have Google back then, but like I would have fucking looked up all their credits and yeah, shit. Yeah, you, you looked know? up like, on this one like, oh yeah. shit, he did this one yeah. too. Like well, I used to love one. that. Like, I mean, that was fun. <laughs> have you ever mixed a record? No, no. So that's the one thing with me that like mixing and mastering, I... And I say this to a lot of artists too. I think you should worry less about the mixing and mastering. I think you should worry about the composition of your song. And then you can get cre- you can get crazy with your sound design. You can do all that stuff later, but your song needs to be there. Whether it's a fucking club song or whatever, your idea. If you have it if, if it's here, you need to go and fucking do it or sing it into your phone, whatever. Yeah. But you need to knock out the idea of the song first, and then you do mixing and mastering. I've always been about the song first. Like even when I was working with Sergio. Like I was, I was writing the song, everything from the, the breakdown first, and then I would build out from that. The drops are fun to do, but like you're you're not gonna keep the listener if you're fucking the rest of your song is just if it's just a drop, cool. But like then that, what happens after that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, got to be something to it. Yeah, but you know what we got to talk about too is uh, you've been with your lady for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, she's the backbone. She really she, is. She's the backbone of you, right? She is. She is. I mean, you got, how long have you guys been together? Uh, we've been together since 2007, so that's Jesus 15. 16. Damn, yeah, <laughs> been a little bit. Of time. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But no, she she really is. I mean, the backbone of everything. Um, it's she like sometimes she she did. She really <laughs> did. I mean, I put her through a lot, and we have two kids now. And like, I oh, you have two kids. I have two. I didn't even know that. Yeah, nice. I have 13 and eight year old. Um, yeah. but like, I. Damn, I'm lacking, dog. Mine's are young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I started young. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, she, she sometimes she she stays at home with the kids. She does mommy duty at home, and she feels down on herself. She's like, I don't feel like I'm doing enough, or I've done enough. And I'm like, can I tell you something? That like, if if you didn't do, and she's like, I don't. I feel like you've done everything for us. I'm like, do you understand that? Like, nothing I have now would have been possible if you weren't supportive it, you, it would be gone it would Aww. be a bu- but it's yeah. the truth yeah. though yeah. Yeah. and like we were fucking broke we ate shit she never once told me you need to change your career you need to do something else she That's amazing she did everything for me you know so it's like i, I tell her like dude if and I, like i said if 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 you didn't do that like my whole career like would be completely different you would be I'd with have dogs a right now. yeah i would be with dogs probably yeah, i'll be, be working with animals right 100%. caesar milan dog <laughs> probably that is uh, amazing that's amazing uh, so well now we have a another person i i keep wanting to interview kirby's wife uh-huh. a, a, another female in the industry or yeah. behind the industry yeah i'm gonna get your your lady now right. <laughs> let's do it she's a little shy she might be a little scared of this mic but that's right no, it's what, a shot, what homie. we're gonna have to get her some <laughs> yeah. drinks down okay, yeah. that's that's easy. Easy. i'll, I'll make sure to ask before yeah. white class a day drinking shit right oh yeah <laughs> I, i've recently interview. converted her she's full tequila reposado Ooh. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> That's it. Do at Coachella. Uh, we fucking brought water bottles full of fucking, you know, because it's open bar for some areas. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to go fucking back to the bar and like, let's just fucking fill up a water bottle 
Go old school. Say, dude, we did that. Two water bottles. She had her own. I had my own. And after yeah. that, she's like, dude, likes the party. I'm just drinking it like nothing. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Party. <laughs> Where were you at the insomnia Christmas party? <laughs> With the kids. <laughs> Balance. That's great. But, um, but no, no, for sure. I mean, I, we should get her on here. That'd be funny. That'd be fun. So, so she was with you back in the day. Yeah, back I mean, she I was. Seen her. She was with me at yeah. those raves at ADC at everything. God, I can't believe your 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 first is thirteen. You have a thirteen year old child. Yeah. How's that, <laughs> girl? Um, it's a lot. Yeah, she's a girl. Oh, it's a lot. She's, you have two girls. I have two girls. Huh. Yeah. So she, Allie, was like, we we went through a lot. She she dealt with like us moving to Pomona. I mean, she was on the show. and now it's a completely different lifestyle that we had then and i think at times she gets hurt because the younger one has a different life right of course she's seen more of the winds but but ali she's she's something else that girl (laughs) Um, i saw that you took her she's really close to her mom she's twins they're little they're tight yeah she tells a little one i put in work homie you gotta yeah, work for exactly. it you know? you don't know we went yeah, yeah. you don't know what's up yeah. we didn't wake but up she, with mac she, and cheese she's got one of the biggest hearts ever oh. yeah, she's really you posted special. something that you took her to a show that was maddie so oh that was, that was your little one yeah so i t- actually so the other day i think what you're talking about that was Allie. yeah so Allie, i took her to wangle tango oh and she's she's What's crazy is that like Maddie's complete opposite. She loves concerts. She loves like raves. Like that's her. We should have been taking her, but like she loves the music. She knows the songs word for word. Allie, she likes concerts, but she likes pop music. Uh, like she saw Caliucci's at Coachella. And they all lost it. Maddie was there too, <laughs> and they all lost it. But they're they're completely different. Totally. How Maddie's crazy. more of the creative. Like she loves. Like she. I just bought her a fucking built computer, and she told me every. She's eight years old. And she she wrote down everything that she wants. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. She's trying to edit. She wants to play fucking Roblox on there too. But like, <laughs> of course. But she's like trying to edit. Like, I mean, she uses this like app called CapCut on her iPad. Yeah. And she's really good at editing. And like, one of uh, my coworkers um, who does marketing, she uses CapCut. And I showed her the video, and she's just like, "Oh shit!" Like, she's really good. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, I we got her that computer, and she's pumped. And I'm like, I'm gonna put all these programs on there, and she watches tutorials and shit already. So she already kind of knew what she wanted. Whoa! Yeah, and then and then she's eight. What were you yeah, doing at eight? I know. I was running around with my big wheel <laughs> outside, going down the fucking hill. Same, yeah. same. That's I was, what I was doing. Insane. And then Allie, she's very like I, she's like her mom. Like she loves like nails, like all you know, makeup and stuff. So girly I'm like, girl. yeah, hundred percent. And I'm like, I told Olivia, I was like, I don't think anyone in her school does makeup the way she does. Like my growing up, I mean. My cousins, if they put on makeup, they got fucking smacked. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm like, with me, I'm like, why don't we like, we should put her in like a school. Like, what she can do all her friends' makeup in school when they're going to the dances and stuff. Yeah. Like, we should just start early and do that, you know? Um, but she, she's she's more, she's different. She's very girly girl. And, you know, she does her thing. And, and Maddie's also very girly girl, but she she's like geeks out about things. Like, <laughs> That's great. They're different, completely different. That, that, yeah, I come from a large family and we are different where i mean some of us are similar in ways mm-hmm. but we are very different yeah it's kind of crazy we all grew up in the same household but we are different people yeah, <laughs> yeah coachella was an interesting one we um i'm still jealous that they're 13 at coachella 
<laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I was a little jealous too. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I know. The next morning, I mean, Coach Al was special. Like, I I posted this video on, on my page recently, and I'm like, I rewatched it recently, and I, I broke down. I was just like, this is crazy that we're able to do this for these kids. Like, I never in my wildest dreams that I think, like, I could take my kid and she's going to be that fucking excited to be there. Yeah. Take yourself like, and your child. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> your family. Your family. You took your family there. Like, like, if you see the video, I mean, like, she, like, is going off. Like, if yeah. you can see it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's the one I was, yeah, that's yeah. the one I saw. And she's going in, dude. And she knew all the songs. It was off. Uh, so that was Maddie. Yeah, that was Maddie. Oh. And it was her Blackpink. And she knew the songs word for word. And she was, there was some lyrics in korean and she's rapping it in korean i'm like what the <laughs> <laughs> that's wild yeah. this is that's wild right there. Yeah. you heard that's it here it. first imagine your artist bro I, she's gonna remember that forever <laughs> For oh sure. yeah i mean that's what i told that's what i told olivia i'm like dude this do you realize this, this is insane they're never gonna forget this yeah like, you know and like we've done some things for them i mean we took them to disney i never got to do that yeah but like coachella was a whole different thing they were like partying with us right and like i was completely sober that weekend and like my friends came and they all saw a bunch of our industry friends and they were just like this is crazy that they're all they know their stuff we went to go watch tale of us dude Ooh. Like, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Damn. and she loved it i was like let's go baby <laughs> that's awesome proud dad moment right yeah. there oh yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh i think we i think we've said it all all right. So. All right. So let's get into uh, your mix, and then we'll come back and say our goodbyes. This is, this is set time. Engine's getting throttling down now at ninety-four percent. Normal throttles for uh, motion flight one hundred and four percent. We'll throttle down to sixty-five uh, percent shortly. Engines at 65 percent. Three engines uh, are running normally. Three good fuel cells. Three good IPUs. Velocity 2,257 feet per second. Altitude 4.3 nautical miles. Downrange distance 3 nautical miles. From the flight dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. Flight director confirms that. We are uh, looking at uh, checking with the recovery forces to see uh, what can be done at this point. We will report uh, more as we have information available. Again, I repeat, uh, we have a report uh, relayed through the pipe dynamics officer that the vehicle has exploded. We are now looking at uh, all the contingency operations. Engines are getting traveling down now at 94%.
elevate my soul, elevate my mind, elevate my body, come on let's get high. Thank you oh, so you much, did. bro, for coming in. Oh, yeah, no, thank is. you guys for having me. Thank you it for is. being oh, yeah, open. Bro. Thank you for, for your time. Glad I finally get to meet you. I mean, I see you all the time. Likewise. I mean, I I don't really talk to anybody on stage unless they come up to me. You know? Unless they yeah. have snacks. I'm going to come up to you next time. Hey, you've seen me in my chair. I know you've seen me in my chair. <laughs> <Sure>. Sleeping. <laughs> no. Sleeping. He's out. <laughs> I got my snacks and my and my Nintendo Switch out. Yeah, well, I'm going to bring you Ooh. some tequila. So I'm going to bring him the famous water bottle. There you yeah. go. <laughs> the famous water bottle. I thought it was water. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun watching you grow, man. Honestly. I mean, you were you were a little kid. You know, back in the day. Back in the day. You really met me when I was a little kid. Yeah, seriously. I kid you not. Like 18 or something. Well, this guy wants to play at my show. <laughs> did, did, did I don't think I ever got to play. No, no. I never played I went. I went. It was at, what was it called? Terasa Hamai? Yeah. Yes. 10th Street. Yeah, I went, and then um, we did two there. What was that right? guy's yeah. name? Big Nasty, I think. Big Nasty. Cold Blank. Yeah, they were gonna get me to play theirs, and then it got shut down or something happened. Always. But I was you so had excited Cold to play Blank? there. We, I think we booked them once. Shit. Yeah, I was excited to play at that spot, and then it got shut down. I was like, yeah. Did you ever play at the Heist? I played at the Heist. Yeah, yeah I played. At the, I didn't play the main room. I played the still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then I played when they were at Avalon. Too. Yeah, yeah. That's when we had that yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. Probably was at the Heist. Yeah, I remember. Um, and I never got to play dance. It's funny because Caesar and I are really cool now, but I never. I think he had like Groove and Dance were just not. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. There was and they were completely head. different crowds, but totally I, I do different. think that like Groove coming in like. It did affect dance in a way that for me, like as much as I was at Groove, it kind of affected me a little bit because I kind of grew up on the dance stuff. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved being there every yeah. Tuesday. Um, but the way that, I don't want to say it wasn't class, but like Groove, the way they ran things was just not as smooth as that. No, it, it, was, it was ran horribly. Yeah. Sorry, anybody who was up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. But it like, was ran like shit. But I will say, I think what they did for the culture moving forward was cool because they were bringing bigger names right and they were changing this it was at a time where dance coming up in the blog house indie sleaze era they caught that right groove was a different sound Absolutely. that's when the dutch invasion stuff yeah. happened i don't think dance caesar would not have put on some of that no, he, he didn't want to he, go did, that he hated that but he was really true to the art that they created yeah. and that scene was built off of like this really cool sound that didn't necessarily 
happen at group. Yeah, uh, it was a completely yeah, it was it was a di- yeah. it was different, yeah. but at the same time, it was the same. It, it clashed. Sure. It did. It did. And I I think because they were both the same age group too. Nobody was gonna go out Tuesday and then go out again yeah, Thursday. I think people Thursday. were waiting for Thursday. But you it know? was different. Like completely because different. you know what's crazy if you think about it, Heist and Dance coexisted, but it was a different. You had the all ages and then yeah. the eighteen and over. Exactly. So. But but dude, like dance for me. I mean, dude, that. It was so much. I don't want to say cool, but like, no, <laughs> it was. Kill me for, for saying sure. that. But it, it was. It was. Sure. It was different, and I feel like there was a, a different vibe there in terms Absolutely. of like the scene where that was. The community you couldn't replicate that anywhere in the country. No, you know, and I think Groove was a different era. That was a different. That's what was happening. You know, it was it going changed. into a different scene. Yeah. Um, and I, I never got to play dance, but like I fucking admired everything Caesar yeah. did. And I think for the culture too. Yes. I mean what, that what Caesar I, and Hyphy did for the industry for is sure. game changing. Yeah. And what, what Hyphy did was the production, right? I mean, hey, when I thought of, of the heist was the production. Yeah. You walk around, the fucking photos of the DJs making them fucking look like stars and yeah. shit. Yeah. And then branding the, them. He was branding yeah. them before branding was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like that, that I think at a time when dance music was not what it is today, yeah. it was fucking it beautiful was. to see it. Like, damn, yeah. <laughs> it was such a good. And I've, I've the t- underground. I, when I talked to Hypey, I, I was like, you know, I know Insomniac was still around and they were still mm-hmm. doing their things, but I think dance and heist help mm-hmm. create 100%. and push push that scene even yeah. bigger than what it. A hundred percent for sure. That that was the beginning. I mean, that that yeah. was before the fucking boom happened. Yeah. That yeah. was what was bubbling. That was, yeah, even those all those warehouse parties. I mean, yes. you know, I remember like Caesar wouldn't play a lot of the underground stuff, but Joaquin, Joaquin would yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. Bib Jeffington played a few, but like the, the, that scene was a whole other thing. They they played a lot of that music, but that was a lot more fucking free playground. You do yeah. whatever you want, and it was a little fucking dodgy sometimes. Oh, but, oh, yeah. but I was here for it. I was so done. I dude, I remember I threw a party one time, and we fucking hired the local gang, and they were selling Nas, but they were our security. Well, nobody you got have robbed. To do it. You yeah. didn't do shit, but I knew some of them, so I was like, "All right, fuck, they're not. No one's gonna fuck with us if they're here. Yeah. They're the guys that would fuck with yeah. us. They're already exactly. in our party. They're here. We're let like, them make already money. here making fuck money. Yeah, yeah, let them make money. They made they're... bread. They took care of us, and they wanted us to come back. Yeah, three for they five. Made money. Three for three five. five. Three for five. Yeah, next time I'm on, we're gonna bring a tank, dude. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> bring the tank. Those were the days, bro. Those were the days. Oh man. For old times' sake. Yeah, those were the days. Those. It's funny because when we were in the middle of all that, it was so much fun. But at the same time, you never really like thought like it's gonna end. Like I, I, it was, it, we were just every weekend. I took for granted. Yes. Yeah, I for sure did. Yeah, and it. Just, but you know what's crazy? That I say this to other people, and I, I said this on the show too because what was pivotal, what was pivotal for me at the time was the show is just not happening groove being one of those things that i think was part of kind of that downfall a little bit but also when that girl died at edc in 2010 oh it changed that rave act was real as fuck there was no more underground shows everything was shut down my booking stopped yeah completely you couldn't throw a party anywhere anywhere and now it's crazy because there's like a resurgence of all these underground parties happening and they happen till fucking 5 6 a.m we never did that shit our shit would end up too yeah but there, these are going till fucking five, six, seven a.m. Sometimes Caesar's new spot, bro. Yeah, I know, but he'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> he won't let people are on the dance floor. And it's cool, but going. he's running it legit. I love like, it. I love it. I was just gonna say fucking... he's different now. Yeah. Like they are. Th- he brought the TVs back though. He's got. I know. Yes. <laughs> I fucking love. I love. Yeah. I love how he's like 
reinvented like yeah what he was doing there but now in the underground space and also creating like a safe haven yes like what he's doing with uh what's the party called succubus yes uh, i mean that's awesome bro i mean it's, it's like not really some people's vibe but it's like it works for them yeah. you know it's, it's kind of created same way how like i think dance and you know, for the lgbtq community that was like they felt like they could go there and party yeah. with people At like home. me i mean i'm not gay but like but i didn't mind partying there. yeah they're the fucking vibe, great people you know but he's kind of found a way to redo that but in the underground in a really credible way with dope fucking lineups every time he's not booking every single local he's booking acts that he believes in yeah i agree fucking awesome all right it makes me want to go party now guys. right <laughs> friday night well, well let's hit him up we're oh. on the guest list <laughs> it is friday isn't it all right well uh, thank you again man thank you. Oh, yeah, of course thank, thank, you. thank you guys and for congratulations having me. yeah thank you. congratulations thank you. to girls <laughs> your career your artist thank and, you. and we look we look forward to to your your continuous rise thank you. that's I how I we're going to promote it. this podcast uh you know that MTV uh, little oh, uh, <laughs> with the True Life logo. The true, we'll, we'll start off with the True Life intro. <laughs> true Life All's on Set Times podcast. <laughs> All, right. Oh, All right, again. You oh, uh, your Instagram or your oh. yeah. Um, I mean, you can follow Thrive at, at Thrive Music uh, across the board. Uh, Mine is at Alcala.mp3. A L C A L A.mp3. But yeah. All Thrive, though, they're a lot more interesting than me. And your Feet Finder? <laughs> your Feet Finder? Do you have a Feet Finder? <laughs> well, it's also OnlyFans slash <laughs> Well, again, thank you again. Thank you. This is All Set right. Times. Peace out. Bye-bye.